The following is a presentation of Hogeye Sports Radio and is produced by Flat Creek Productions. Hey man, turn on the radio. Let's hear some tunes. From deep in the heart of Hogeye country, this is the Hogeye Sports Show. Oh, baby, they're lining it up. Is that all this thing will pick up? Of course. It's Hogeye Sports Radio. fans, welcome into another enthralling edition of the Hogeye Sports Show. It's a brand new year and we've got a brand new episode of All Things Livingston Academy Sports. We've got a little milestone, this is our 10th episode, so we've gotten to double digits in number of episodes and we'd like to say a big shout out to all the fans who've listened to our first nine episodes, especially the last one which Uh, We recorded right before Christmas, and it is the most listened to episode we have ever recorded. So thanks to all the people listening into that. On today's episode, we're going to discuss some things outside of Livingston Academy Sports in our very first segment. We will have a hog eye fishing report with one of the fishing coaches, Brandon Cross, joining us. And then we'll talk some Livingston Academy basketball, and we will recap all the games that have been played from after Christmas up to and including the most recent game versus York. So joining me as always is Josh Gott of Overton County News. And so we're going to start off this segment as we start off all segments with this week in the world of sports outside of Livingston Academy. So Josh... What's something you would like to discuss about sports in general? I love Tennessee. Obviously, we've had Logan here and talked Tennessee sports, and uh, Tennessee basketball is on a great run right now. Uh, we're recording this on Saturday night, uh, the 18th. Uh, I just got back from Knoxville. Saw the best, in my opinion, the best team in the country play in Tennessee. Um, the way they play is something. They play terrible today and escaped. Excuse me, with a win over a pretty good Alabama team, as much as that pains me to say, Alabama. But Avery Johnson does a great job at Alabama, and, and they came out and they guarded um, they guarded Grant with some double teams. Grant Williams, you know, SEC or reigning SEC Player of the Year, uh, had some double teams. Had some, you know, had to make a decision there how to kick out. The guards didn't play well at all. Admiral was really bad uh, for the first time, especially. But they they played terrible and were up nine at halftime. And everybody's like, oh, it's over. And I think everybody kind of settled in, fans, players, that, oh, we've played bad and we're about to run them. And, um, boy, Alabama, give them credit. They came out on a 10-0 run and started the second half, and that place went quiet. Like, oh, no. Uh, you know, Duke lost the other night. Michigan lost this morning. Yeah, that's – And so, if a, a win against Alabama – Duke needs to win or not. But a win against Alabama, you would think, would provoke – you know, prov- just uh, elevate – 
Tennessee the number one in the country. Well, you said there at the beginning that what you feel is the best team in the country. I think a lot of the sports writers in the AP poll are going to agree with you come yeah. uh, Monday morning. I think that I've seen – I got to see Duke the year they won a national title uh, a couple years ago, and I got to see them play at Cameron Andor. They were just so deep. Uh, they were experienced. They did everything right. And when things went bad, they didn't hang their head. They just played. Um, I saw I, we were on the floor like when I was at Tennessee Tech. We played at Kansas, number one team in America that year. And you're on the bench for that great team. I think they won the national championship that year. Um, Tennessee is a team. They were down second half. They were down as many as four, I think, and um, just just kept doing what they do. Kept grinding away, chipping away, and, and in crunch time, um, Admiral showed up and Grant showed up, and then uh, Jordan Bowden. Has to be the SEC Sixth Man of the Year. He's had a tremendous year off the bench. Uh, started the year as a starter and just wasn't playing well. They benched him. And there's a there's a um, you know a life lesson for kids at home maybe listening to this. Uh, they benched him, you know, and give him a six man role. And he's now I think he's scoring 16 points a game off the bench. He's going to be the Sixth Man of the Year there. But they're so good, so good. And that's and as a Tennessee fan, Tennessee Athletics. You're you're waiting for something to go wrong, so like I've been I sit up there today and I haven't been to a Tennessee basketball game probably since Chris Lofton was there. Mm. So, uh, man, my girl I took my girls their first one today and I was sitting there thinking, you know what? I haven't come up here. You know, I watch every game. I haven't come up here in probably ten years, and I'm gonna be here the day that they lose. Great, <laughs> this is awesome. This is my life here. Um, they got the win. Um, you know, they're they're good. But then again, on Tennessee Athletics, T. Martin's back. Yeah, yeah. They introduced T today, and that place went nuts. Uh, T's been eating good, I'll tell you that. <laughs> He's been he he looks like he rolled down the bowling alley. You know, you was good. talking about going up there and not being up there in a long time and going and seeing them lose. I saw Peyton Manning play once in high in college football, and it was his worst game as a volunteer. <laughs> and that's and that's how it's always been for me. I said I told somebody I called on the way back, and and I said, "How's the guys? Are good." And I said, it's taken me 12 years to see Tennessee beat Alabama, but this time it's just in basketball. So i got to get the football. There's nothing about – I sent this out on my personal Twitter account. There's nothing better in sports than Tennessee beating Alabama. Oh, there's nothing. Hey, we sat around some Alabama fans, and they are just as bad and obnoxious in basketball. They've never won anything. Now, granted, we've never been to a Final Four. But they are they legit think that their team is amazing and it's oh and they've got a good team, don't get me wrong, no knock there. But it's just like they're like, Yeah, we told y'all we were overrated or y'all were overrated, you know, you're t- y'all terrible. That's called an Admiral Trash and everything else and I thought, dude, this is this guy's the second leading scorer in the league. You know? Um, you know, um, so going back to the game, there is you, Tennessee just seems like a championship caliber team because even when things are going really bad for them, they don't quit. They're, they're and they make plays when they need to make plays. The Gonzaga game, everybody's going to go back to that. And, look, and you know how they beat Gonzaga in the whole team in the country. But it's for me, it was the way they did it. They went without Grant for a few minutes there. And they went without Admiral for like six minutes in the second half. And uh, that's that's a good Gonzaga team, you know. And they find a way to win without those guys playing minutes that matter. And that's just, I mean, Coach Barnes done a great job up there. Um Boy, if they give him, they're going to have to give him an extension, and he they don't need to ask him what he wants, not what we're going to pay you. The only only bad thing I might say about is about Tennessee basketball right now is 
Grant Williams seems to foul out. He's not, yeah, he's always in foul trouble. They don't have a bench. They put Fulkerson in today. I seen a great. I can't do it. I seen a great tweet on the the Twitterverse. There it said Fulkerson is the basketball team's Jarrett Garantano. You know who sent that? Was that you? Was that you? Yeah. I was. I was just yeah. scrolling through there and I saw that. Fulkerson, that you. John Fulkerson is the basketball team's Garrett, Jarrett Garantano. He's tough. He's not very good, but he's tough. And hey, he's tough. And I, and I said, you get it. You know, that, he's, that, he's not very good. That, that was very, very well said. And I mean, that's just the truth. And then they've got the Walker kid sitting there, big post player, but he's not, he's not mature like they want him to. So they don't trust him. Um, last year they were a Final Four team, I thought, and Kyle Alexander got hurt, and that ruined the run. They're they're an injury away in the post from being um, ejected out in the Sweet Sixteen again. There's They've got to find a backup post player. When Grant goes out, Kyle goes out, it can't be Fulkerson. He's so terrible. But outside of that, their guards are as good as anybody in the country. Jordan Bone's a great point guard. Jordan Bowden's a great shooting guard. And then Admiral Kahada, I mean, he just makes shots that are just – sometimes they're asinine. You don't look – he throws it up and you're thinking, no, I don't shoot. Okay, great. That's great right there. But like I said, they introduced, they introduced, they introduced Jim Chaney. So what's, what's T. Martin's role at? At UTS. They haven't decided yet. No, uh, they lost Charles Kelly, who's a special teams coach. T's not coaching special teams. From what I heard, Logan's boy, uh, Coach David Johnson, is maybe on the way out. Mm. So T is a is a renowned hey, receiver if coach. If Logan gets to hang out with T. Martin. Hey, man. hey, yeah, hit, hit me up, Logan. Um, Get some autographs. Yeah, man. absolutely. Um, T's a great wide receivers coach. They hired him because he's a great recruiter. He's one of the best recruiters in the nation, year in and year out. Um, not very good offensive coordinator. I think personally that this is a move for three or four years from now. Uh, T wants to be an offensive coordinator, but he's never been groomed the right way. Jim Chaney's yeah, not going to be Jim there. Cheney lasting Jim Chaney's not going to be there in five years. So I think this is a grooming project of hey, we're bringing in Chaney, we're bringing in T. You're going to help T elevate his skills as a play caller, and then you're going to run off in the sunset. T's going to be here. That'd be great. Be. And I think it would be great too. Uh, but like I said, uh, we talked about this before we started recording. Everything up there seems to be going right on the things I care about. Don't care about the Lady Falls. Holly's a terrible basketball coach. They're on a four-game skid for the first time since 1970. There wasn't even an NCAA tournament the last time they lost four in a row mm. in the women's side. She's terrible. But everything else is going right. You got a transfer from Georgia. You know, a former top 50 player there. Yeah, there are pretty, you know, a couple crystal balls for some guys they had been targeting from Alabama. Alabama staffs and turmoil seems like because um, I got to keep Butch Jones. Congratulations! <laughs> um, but Tennessee athletics, man, everything's just going right. And as a Tennessee fan, you know, like you're waiting for that bad thing to happen. Yes. I thought today was it. I thought that they were going to lose to Alabama, and that was just it. And I ruined my mood there. Mm. But for me, that's it. I think that they're. That's, I'm just a big Tennessee fan, all in all, and to see success up there is something I've got to experience in a long time. So it's it's fun. I've lost. They've lost one game all year long, 16 to 17. Put it down right now. They're going to be the number one team in the country this week. Yep, I agree. I think Monday, Tuesday morning, poll comes out. Monday, Monday morning, it's Tuesday morning. And let's hope that they no, keep it longer than they did last time. Yeah, they lost to Vanderbilt the next time. Okay, <laughs> guess who they play next? Oh, Vanderbilt. Oh. So, I mean, you know. Hey, they, let, let's just kill that demon. They play, hey, they play Vanderbilt on my birthday, Wednesday. They're going to destroy Vanderbilt and play West Virginia at home. A good is it, West is it at Vanderbilt? Mm-hmm. Oh. But look here, so. Uh, That's the gym where dreams go to die. Well, right they there. do, but Vanderbilt had like, I don't know, 10,000 tickets available. 
and all of a sudden over the, over like the last couple of days they got bought. So you know, about about, orange you know who bought those Memorial tickets. Gym, yeah. You know who bought those tickets. Um, that's good to people, see. That's good to hear. And it's, that's, that's going to be like a football game down there. It's going to be all orange. So. I hope it's little Neylander. I guess little Thompson. Yeah, Bowen, Thompson. I, we, used call, uh, we used to call uh, Dudley Stadium Neyland West. So I guess that's Thompson Bowling West. Hmm. But that's um, well, it's good. Good to, good to be a Tennessee fan right now. It's been a pretty good uh, sports day for me. Uh, of course, Tennessee basketball won, and my big soccer team, Arsenal, won today. So I'm pretty yeah. happy about today's outcomes. Not yesterday's outcomes. We'll get to that later on in the podcast. Yeah. But today's yeah. been a pretty good sports day. And tomorrow. And also, look, speaking of today, tonight is the first ever uh, UFC fight night on ESPN, on ESPN yeah. Plus. Well, yes. Well, a billion-dollar deal. Wasn't yeah, it? Big, multi-billion-dollar billion dollar deal. So it's a... a there, it's gonna. You could have the possibility of the the second person to hold two title belts at the same time. You know, Conor McGregor, uh, the notorious Conor McGregor. He's the first one to ever do that in two different divisions, hold the belt at the same time. But they're having a a title fight tonight, which usually isn't a you know on fight nights that usually is reserved is, for the pay per view. Is he all hop? Do you think, or is he just? I think he's more hop now than anything. Well, I think he's went. He's kind of quit trying. You know, yeah, I don't think he cares anymore. He he got to the pinnacle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you fought, you fought a boxing match that, of course, his UFC career was great, but then he lost, and it was like, oh, oh all right. Let's yeah. see if I can go make some more money. He's such a good showman, though. He brought in so much money Do for you the think, UFC. And I thought, I thought, and this. I love to watch him. I, I mean, I, I root for him just, just, yeah, just yeah, to yeah, watch yeah. him. Listen, I, I'm a big Floyd Mayweather fan, and people that know me know that. And like, he when he fights, I watch. And people are like, I can't stand it. He's like, let's go. He promotes himself. He went. Yeah. He just went and kicked that dude from Japan's tail in, oh, like, like, in a minute and a half or something like no that. Yeah. One twenty something like that. Ninety seconds made ten million dollars. Done. Have a good day. And I mean, I think that Conor McGregor will be perfect in WWE. Oh, yeah. That's, that's where he's got on. I think that's where put him with that. a microphone. And uh, Vince McMahon. They've just they just signed that big deal with Fox. They go to Fox in this in the fall. So they're going to need a ratings boost. The ratings haven't been very yeah, good if, lately. If you've ever watched any Conor McGregor's press oh. conferences, I, I don't believe any of that stuff is scripted. No, it's not. And, and so he's either. so good. But I he's think so good at what he I does. I think like the Habib fight. He started that with the bus attack. Yes. He knew that he could generate a ton of money. And here's the thing, and it's not scripted, but I think Dana White looked at it and went, "Oh." And he saw dollar signs. And instead of stepping up and saying, "No, y'all gonna do this," and like he would anybody else, he said, "Let's make some money." Oh, and Connor and, got his butt whipped against oh, be. Hey, listen, they, they're talking about making having another fight. He they doesn't need to touch no reason to. Don't no, no, even no try. You're gonna get destroyed again. Unless McGregor you just needs to, to go money. back down to 145, where he won his it, first belt. It, unless you just want to make the money, because he ain't big enough. And it's like it's like Floyd coming out. Floyd picks his fights, you know, and old ass Pacquiao. <laughs> Wants to fight him again. Hmm. He didn't touch him the first time. Yeah. So like, and, and Floyd's 40, 41, 42. Moe's like he's twenty because he's he weighs one hundred and thirty pounds. Hands as quick as lightning. He's gonna destroy that old man. But he'll, you know what he'll do it for? About ten million dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. And he'll go in there and fight for three minutes and be done with it. Make me know? some money. He can't read. He can't read anything we've got wrote down. Well, but he knows how to count money. Hey, hey congratulations! That's an to important me. skill right there. Absolutely. When you've got that much money on absolutely on one fight, I would. But no, that's and then we've got the NFL tomorrow. You yeah, got, let's talk got, about that. Let's. You got the Saints Rams. Interesting. Marcus Peters, the corner for this for the uh, Rams, uh, he got torched in that first game they played, and uh, he said that he couldn't. He said, "You tell Sean Payton, I'll see him later." 
because they were talking about how they just destroyed their defense of the Rams. And so he got him. I think the I think I think the Saints destroy them again. What's your uh, over under score? Saints Rams. Saints Rams. Total points. Total points. Oh God, you got to put it in the seventies. I think. I, not to, I could I could pull it up and tell you what it is, so but I bet it's, it's got to be at least seventy four. I'll put it seventy four. It's thirty seven points apiece. Yeah, they scored. They both scored in what thirties forties last time. I mean, it was a high they, scoring game. They can't. They can't. The Rams can't stop the offense of the Saints, no matter what. Now the Saints don't have a second receiver. That's why Kamara gets a ton of touches. Um, but on the other side, now statistically, if you yeah, look they, at the stats, they they really hurt Gurley the first. Yeah, game. they because st- I had Gurley on my fantasy football team. That's why I remember that. <laughs> well, and and the first and statistically, the Saints' defense have been pretty good. So. Do they find a way to get get it done in the dome? I think so. Uh, the dome down there is just nuts to play at. When they're when they're at home, I don't I don't bet against them. Who but, do you? All right, so let's put it in stone right now. Who are you picking to win? Oh, it's the Saints. I think the Saints, and I think it's a shootout again. And I think they had one by ten the first time. And I, I would venture to guess it'd be a ten point game somewhere in there. Uh, I'm going to say that it's hard to beat the same team twice. I'm going to say they're going to game plan and give Gurley more touches. More, sure. And I think he's going to have a big game. I'm going to go upset picking the Rams. Did you see the while we're on the Rams, the dude Anderson guy looks like a me running out there. The, dude, <laughs> the dude's thick as can be. I got a gut. And he ran. He's ran for 400 yards in four games. Hey. I mean, he's he's making money over there. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And the kid genius McVeigh, you know, he does such a great job. Um, that offense is rolling. He protects golf really well. Um, I if, think, if they, do you think golf's an elite quarterback? Nope. I don't either. I think <clears throat> this has been discussed on some podcasts I listen to. I think that the Rams have figured it out, and there'll be, there'll be a lot of te- teams that follow their formula. You draft a rookie quarterback and pay him a rookie salary. It's not a, not a ton. Versus, you know, if you have um, Tom Brady, who's mm-hmm. making you know twenty five million, Aaron Rodgers thirty million. You pay a, a rookie quarterback twelve million a year. You load up everywhere else you can, and you ride out that rookie deal. And once it's time, if he's if he's turned into a pro's pro and he's the man, you got to think about keeping him. If not, he's just average. See you. Take another one, because then it's a plug and play offense at the quarterback position. I think they figured that out. Where they've got all those defensive players, they've got some speed on the offensive, you know, uh, skill positions, and you got Gurley. Um, no, I don't. I don't think he'll get a second contract there. If I, if he, if he does, I think it'll be an average contract, and that's what'll kind of deter him from signing there. Um, I don't think he's any better than Nick Foles. Yeah, uh, he's Nick Foles. I don't think he's top tier. No, uh, he he reminds me of Mariota. Would you take him over Mariota? Do I, I, I got to take even one of them? He at least he's more he's more consistent than Mariota. I mean, you got to give him that. But then he look he goes to Chicago that week. And throws like five picks. What about Trubisky? Speaking of Chicago, would you take him over Mariota? I think they're doing the same thing. Yeah, I think I like his arm. I think he's got a good arm. I think they're doing the same thing though, signing everybody they can. Hey, Trubisky's a you know serviceable right now. Um, but but then you look, the two teams that I think are going to be in the Super Bowl, the quarterbacks have been the same for the last fifteen years. Yes. Well, I th- I've got Saints Patriots. So, let, can't, can't so let, let's go to the AFC. What's two teams? And what do you think about? You got Chiefs Patriots. It's out Kansas City. It's gonna be cold. That's why I think, other than it being Tom Brady, I hate him. But how do you bet against him? Right. In the playoffs, you're 
<clears throat> granted, he's lost playoff games, obviously, but it's so rare. He's won a bunch more. I mean, he's he has more playoff starts than any other quarterback ever. He has more no, he has more playoff wins than any other quarterback has starts. Any <laughs> other quarterback. So let me let, let let's talk about that. So Belichick is known as Belichick. <laughs> for a couple of reasons, you know, it's fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. So um, I'm going to go back to my my soccer thing. So that happened in uh, England here in the last week. It, it blew up. Uh, it, it was uh, one of the teams in the, the second division sent a spy to watch the practice of another team. And there's really nothing against that in the rules of soccer over there. And so they had a big deal about it in the, the news. And the coach of this team who did the spine, he came out to his press conference like the next day or two, and he had this 70-minute PowerPoint presentation about why he thought it was a good idea. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he just schooled the That's media. That's great. I mean, it, it was it's awesome. Great. Awesome. I, mean, I wish Belichick would have done something I mean, like that. I mean, now, of course, we're in 2019, everybody likes to be a troll. I love to troll people. And... Um, I mean, if I was Belichick, like I would come out with my own camera and record, Absolutely. like record the press conference from my view. You know, there's something every time. How great would that be? And, and that would yeah. drive people nuts. People would be so livid that he does something like that. But I mean, he's already a villain. Oh, he so, is. I mean, and and that's a well, thing. You know, play up to it. it. Yeah, play up to it. it. Tom Brady plays up to it. Did you see the thing they asked him about the Chiefs game? This is after they won the other day. Of course, a lot of money in Vegas was spent on the Chargers, and uh, they asked Brady, you know, about the Chiefs. You know, because they're, they're good, obviously. I want, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots destroyed them earlier in the year. But, you know, what do you think? He's like, well, we suck, so we'll see. Because the media's been talking about how bad the Patriots are. They're not the old Patriots. And they come out and destroy the Chargers. They've taken, somehow, some way, a team that's been on a run for 17 years. Now, this ain't like the last five years. This is a, since 2001. They've been on this run. Has found a way to become the underdog. Mm. And that's scary. Mm. I mean, he he looked like he was 25 back there slinging the ball Sunday. And that's scary. I mean, Gronk looked healthy. Edelman looked good. The Hogan kid looked good. They've got, they've got receivers. They've got a, the running back, the, the, the white guy. And I didn't mean that racially. I meant his last name is Whitey Black. Um, <laughs> hey, he was on my fantasy football He was mine too, baby. I, I loved him. I loved uh, him. Uh, but he had like 15 touches the other day, and they were all catches. He never ran the ball. Yeah, he don't. So, he don't and, and, and I've got Sonny Michelle. You know, if you're an SEC fan, he's a big back at Georgia. So they've got a. I think if it's cold, I don't think it. I really don't think it's close. I think they go in there and destroy the Chiefs. So you you think the Patriots all the way? Andy Andy Reid is the worst playoff coach of all time in big moments. He had the he had one of the best offenses with T.O. and Donovan, Donovan McNabb in Philadelphia. Played the Patriots. Just threw it all away. I think he chokes. I think they figure out a way to to, to slow down my homes enough. I, I, I would kind of agree with you that I'm, I'm going to pick the Patriots, but there's a wild card out there, and that's Tyreek Hill. If yeah, he, oh if God, he can have so a, if he can have a day, and you know, like once a year, he seems to have one of those just well, blowout and, days. And they had Kareem Hunt last time. That's what they don't have this time. You know, and no pun intended, kicked him, kicked him off, and. I mean, they've got they've got backs back there, but that's one less weapon that Belichick has to plan for. And if it's cold, that's what I'm getting at. If it's cold, like I think it's going to be, because it's supposed to, that snowstorm's going through there. It's going to be snowy, kind of cold. And you know, everybody's everybody's fast. They get knocked out in the cold weather. I mean, you got you saw everybody the has a plan until they, they get, get punched hit, in the mouth. Punched in the mouth. That's yeah. Mike Tyson right there. And that's the thing. Like 
What happens, he comes across the middle one time, meets a safety, and it's cold. They're used to smacking people in cold weather. And he gets smacked and goes, I don't like this anymore. Mm. You know? I, I don't think it's, I think that's a 10, 15, or 10 or 17 point game. I just don't bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I hate him. I don't pay man him a guy, but he's the, he may be the greatest quarterback of all time. I think he's got to be. I don't know how you say he's not. He's got to be. Most, I don't know how you if say If you don't not. like him, fine. You know, that's great. Like yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, I mean, I'm not an Alabama fan. And Nick Saban's the best, best coach ever. Yeah, he's and, the best coach ever. You know, if you, I, I can't stand him, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I wish we could go on a run like that. Yeah. If, if you told me that Nick Saban was coming to Tennessee tomorrow, let's go. And uh, that's the same. If, if you told me, I don't have an NFL team, but if you told me, if I had a, if I had a team and you told me that Tom Brady is my quarterback for the next five years, I'm excited. I would be too. So I've got <clears throat> got Saints Patriots, and uh, I don't know if we'll record before then, but if you can't bet against Tom Brady in, in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I think he gets number six. I think his goal is to have more championships personally than any other franchise does. I, I think he can do it. He, can, he wants to play until he's 50. I don't think he can do that. He's forty-two. I don't think he can either. I don't think it's. I don't think he's physically I, I possible. I just. I just hit the the fourth fourth decade. <laughs> you feel like crap some mornings, don't you? Things start going downhill well, pretty he, quick. You know, he's that. Uh, he's that. Um, now he uh, may be a super freak. Avocado you know, ice cream, like you know. that's his diet and stuff like that. So like he's and I'm sure eating better than what I eat oh, yeah, uh, sure. would make you last longer in the NFL. Yeah. But well, I mean, still, but now he now he doesn't. What's he do besides throw the football? Time catches up to everybody. Eventually, he's going to be that. I think if I think if they win, it'll be smart for him. Him and Gronk and Belichick all say, "See, uh, yeah, go out with Gronk's him. out. No more. There's no way he he looks terrible. I mean, he looks like he's one hit away from CTE, mm-hmm. and that's that's a sad thing. And he's been a great player, but it's time for him to go. Now I've got I've got the Saints Patriots. I got that got the got the Patriots winning the thing if they get there. I think they'll use the motivation from losing last year, and um, I think they lost. They went to two in a row a couple of times and and lost the first one and won the second one. So um, hard to bet against them. There'll be a lot of money on on the Chiefs, but I'd say that, I'd say the Sharks think that it's going to be the Patriots as well. But yeah, Patriots and Saints. Breeze and that stupid kid of his beat Peyton. You know now his kid's grown up, so I think that. They might there might be an NFL conspiracy to get him back, <laughs> but I love to see the Camaro win it. I would like to see yeah Camaro win it. He's from Atlanta. Super Bowls in Atlanta. That'd be great to see him get a ring that he, Bush Jones wouldn't give him. Mm. But um, yeah, it'd be, I, I think it'd be two good ball games. Though. I mean, outside of, I don't I don't think the Patriots Chiefs close, but Saints Rams be a good game. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for this week in the world of sports outside of Livingston Academy. So we'll be back to talk about some Livingston Academy fishing right after this. Thank you for listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show. Today's episode is made possible by me because I'm the one who pushed the record button. Now back to the show. And we're back on the Hog Eye Sports Show. And in this segment, we're gonna talk about a relatively new sport at Livingston Academy High School. It is only about five to six years old in total, but really only took off about four years ago. And that sport is fishing or angling, possibly might be the right term for it. But um, recently I sat down with one of the two Livingston Academy fishing 
coaches. Brandon Cross joined me uh, earlier this week for an interview about the Livingston Academy fishing team. And the other gentleman who coaches the fishing team is yours truly. You sure say you know him. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we talked about that for a few minutes. And so here is that interview. It's time now for the Hog Eye Fishing Report. And joining me today to talk about uh, Livingston Academy fishing team is one of the coaches, Brandon Cross. And the other coach, a real handsome dude named Michael Johnson, is also one of the coaches. So, Brandon, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me here. So, let's talk about uh, Livingston Academy fishing. How's the, how's the fishing team? Uh, um, what do they have to do? Just give us kind of an overview of, of what, what it is to be a fisherman at Livingston Academy. Uh, basically, Coach, anybody can join the team, uh, but somebody has to have a boat, and that's one of our biggest holdbacks. Um, a lot of kids want to be on the fishing team, but sometimes finding a, a boat for those kids is, is somewhat of a challenge. Uh, the fishing teams have two-man teams, um, and on the team, either the angler or the co-angler have to have a boat, um, and then an adult boat captain, of course. Yeah, uh, let's, so let's, uh, let's kind of talk about where they go fishing at, what, what's kind of some of their options, um, you know, different, uh, I think they call them trails, is that the correct term? Talk about some of that. Uh, yes, when the team, when we started the team, or when the team kind of took off here at Livingston Academy four years ago, uh, there was really only a state trail. Uh, and for all of those tournaments, you traveled to places like Chickamauga, Nickajack, Lake Gunnersville. Uh, really, our closest tournament was about three hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of years ago, they started uh, breaking the state up into actual regions. Uh, so now here locally, we have what's known as the North Central Region. And then a lot of our kids will still fish the state trail. Uh, but the North Central Region give us six tournaments here close to home uh, that the kids can fish in and compete in and still compare um, with other schools in our area. So what, what lakes uh, would make up a place that they could go fishing in the North Central uh, here in the North Central, we fish Del Hollow, we fish Center Hill, we fish Old Hickory, uh, looking to add Cordell Hole maybe next year, uh, just your local lakes here in the Upper Cumberland area and stretching out a little. So, um, you know, some sports, you, you like basketball, you know, you get to start at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, let's talk about the fishing uh, tournaments. How early do those students have to get up? Uh, well, you know, that, that once again varies on which lake we're fishing. Um, you know, on the state trail, a lot of our students will leave here after school on Friday, and they'll travel to uh, Chattanooga. They'll travel to Florence, Alabama, wherever. Um, they'll spend the night Friday night. They're on the water every morning by around 530. Uh, for our local region, uh, since there's not really as much of a requirement for a hotel room, uh, we fish places like Old Hickory, Percy Priest. You know, a lot of these kids are getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning, driving a couple hours and then having their boat sitting on the water by five o'clock. So, so blast off will start usually at, at daylight, uh-huh. something like that. Uh, first safe light normally, uh, depending on the time of year, normally around six o'clock. I think there was one tournament I saw they had to wait quite a bit of time for some fog. Is yeah. That correct. Old Hickory this year, we had a two and a half, three hour fog delay. Um, you couldn't even see across the parking lot, little on the lake. So. so you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs, waiting for the fog to burn off, huh? Lots of conversations <laughs> and lots of fishermen lies. <laughs> Um, so what, what about, uh, during the actual fishing day, what, what, uh, what kind of, uh, process is, is that? Talk about that a little bit. 
Well, uh, uh, obviously it starts, you have a boat captain, you have a blast off of the morning. Uh, the boat captain's job is to drive the boat, keep the boat safe throughout the day. Uh, the boat captain drives the anglers to their fishing spot, wherever they're going to fish out on the lake. Uh, and kind of from that point, uh, that point on, the anglers take over. Of course, the anglers are also uh, responsible for making sure safety is happening, but uh, they run the trolling motors, they handle the fish, uh, they do all the fishing. Um, from the angler side, it's our students are the anglers. Uh, the boat captain, he pretty much just has, or he or she has a pretty boring day of sitting in the boat waiting on something to happen. So, and so a boat captain, they're they're not allowed to fish. No. They can't bring their own fishing pole and fish off the back while the students are fishing off the front. Uh, no, their job is really, really limited. They pretty much just sit there and um, ensure safety. Uh, speaking of safety, that is a big concern. Uh, students must wear life jackets when the boat is moving. And is it is it uh, uh, what kind of life jacket do most of the kids wear? Uh, students under, uh, I think it's under 16, they have to wear their life jackets all day long. Those 16 and older can take them off while they're fishing, though it's not recommended. Um, life jackets or any approved uh, Coast Guard life jacket that's Coast Guard approved, um, you know, as long as it's not torn or, or tattered, they can pretty much wear anything that's comfortable for them. Uh, a lot of people have gone to the auto inflate life jackets. Mm -hmm. um, once again, Anybody 16 and under can't wear those, so that really limits our crowd on who can wear those. So most of them are still just wearing basic standard life jackets. So for the uh, person who's not a, a big fisherman, what kind of fish are they fishing for? And let's talk about some of the uh, methods they're doing, what, what kind of tackle, what kind of fishing rods and, and reels. <clears throat> talk about some of that. Uh, the tackle, I mean, it varies from, from kid to kid, from boat to boat. Um Obviously, we're fishing for bass, whether it be smallmouth, largemouth, or Kentucky bass, spotted bass. Um, but their their tackle varies depending on the lake, the time of the year, the weather, uh, what the fish are doing at the time. Uh, you have students, uh, a lot of anglers, some fish with the spinning rods, some fish with bait casters. Uh, and then particular baits, once again, that's that's really a wide range depending on where we're at, what time of year, and what they're doing. It all has to be artificial lures. Yes, no, all uh, artificial lures. No uh, bait fish or anything like that. Correct. No live bait, no trolling, nothing like that. Uh, what's uh, what's the average, like for a student out fishing Del Hollow at a Del Hollow tournament, what would be the average uh, bites or number of catches they would get in a day? Uh, once again, that varies greatly from time of year. Uh, obviously, winter tournaments, the bite can be tougher on Del Hollow. Spring tournaments, it's pretty good. Um, we've had tournaments on Del Hollow where only two or three fish were brought back in per boat. Uh, and we've had tournaments where kids have reported catching 20, 25 fish a day. Uh, in our tournaments, they weigh your best five fish. Yep. The anglers will bring their best five back, and that's the weight. We've seen weights range anywhere from six pounds to, I think our largest we've seen so far on the students is 16 pounds, somewhere in there. And, and that's two students together, right? Uh, that is teams of two, yes. <clears throat> um, so... What uh, what's some of the current um, standings? You know, these these kids have been fishing since the beginning of this uh, school year. What's some of the current standings that our, our Livingston Academy anglers are in? Uh, on the region trail, we actually have two uh, boats within the top twenty. Uh, we have Hayden Beasley and Andrew Riggins. They're currently in thirteenth place. Uh, we have White Montooth and Katie Nelson. They're currently in seventeenth place. And then on the state trail, we still have two boats in the top twenty. Uh, we have Dakota Wilson and Dylan Hamilton, who are currently 12th, and Katie Nelson and Wyatt Montooth, who are sitting in 20th place. Uh, how many total uh, uh, anglers, I don't know if we talked about that earlier or not, but how many total anglers we have in the Livingston Academy or the Overton County 
uh, fishing program? Uh, as you know, the high school team has this is its fourth year of being uh, up and running. The high school team currently has thirty-two members, um, and this current year we actually started a junior high team. And uh, for our first year in that, we have five junior high members. So we currently have a total of thirty-seven members. Uh, that's really grown over the last four years, hasn't it? It sure it it sure has. We started the first year we had uh, four students. Uh, and I think we grew to six that first year. Uh, those students that we started with, they're now seniors. And we currently, this year, we have eight seniors. We've had a few to add and a few to drop off as we've gone. Let's go back to the junior team. Uh, what's uh, what, what what kind of ranking do they have? Any Anything big? Uh, in, in our region, we currently have Leah Cross and Eliza Strong. Uh, they are sitting in second right now in the junior high division of the North Central. Uh, they're behind a really good team from Upperman. How many more tournaments uh, do they have until the end of the season? Uh, we're sitting at the halfway mark right now. Uh, the H Trail will have three tournaments in the fall and then three in the spring. So we finished the three fall tournaments, and we're looking forward to the three spring tournaments. Um, so Livingston Academy Fishing, I, I'll tell a little bit about it here. Uh, I kind of helped get it started a little bit. Five or six years ago, um, we had a, a informational meeting uh, here at the high school with uh, a TWRA officer from uh, Clay County named Bill Moulton, uh, a guy who I believe is in the uh, Friends of Del Hollow Lake, uh, a big fisherman from Clay County, Paul Boyce. And they, they met with me here at the high school with another gentleman from uh, Cookville, I believe. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't remember his name. But that was the first time it was ever discussed, to my knowledge, of having a fishing team uh, here at the high school. And it, it took a it took a couple of years to really get it off the ground. We had a couple of, you know, starts and stops and just, uh, you know, not really knowing what to do. I remember going to a meeting at York Institute, uh, possibly the year before these seniors were, were freshmen. I went to a meeting at York Institute with a guy from Pickett County who wanted to start a team there. And they had, you know, York had had, had a, a team the year before and they had done pretty well in some tournaments. And they were sitting there talking and they mentioned – the, the the main guy mentioned, hey, there's a there's a guy in the back here from Livingston Academy. And one of the one of the York kids goes, Livingston, what's he doing here? <laughs> so there's still a friendly rivalry between Livingston and York, even in the fishing teams. I um, I'm always excited when I see a Livingston team place higher than a York team at any tournament. So uh, it 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 took a while to get started, but it's it's really really took off. Uh, like I say, we've got 37 total students who are on the fishing team and some of these people are traveling you know two to three hours away to go to a tournament and having to you know spend some money by uh, getting a hotel room and of course now um, let's talk about some of that we've we've got some uh, some big sponsors that have really helped out Livingston Academy uh, fishing team let's talk about some of that just a little bit so okay. how, many, how many total sponsors we got uh, this year we currently have 93 sponsors uh, some of those sponsors have been with us since the beginning. Uh, each year we seem to add a few new sponsors, but uh, Overton County, Livingston, we have such support behind our anglers. Uh, we all have a t-shirt sale, and I mean, it's it's ridiculous the number of shirts we've sold. Uh, lots of people are wanting to get behind these kids to support these kids, to sponsor these kids, and to help them move forward. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really great, the, the outpouring of support. Uh, not only from the school board by allowing us to have a team, you know that that don't always go over so well in in other counties. You know sometimes the the, the school boards kind of 
iffy to maybe even totally against having a, a fishing team. So uh, really proud of the support that Livingston Academy has gotten from not only the community but also the school board. Uh, couldn't have done it without them. And, and as you say that, uh, this is kind of our fourth year here. As you know, we've we've now helped several of the surrounding schools get up and running, and there are several of the schools that surround us that are modeling their program kind of after what we're doing here. Trendsetters. <laughs> um, I also feel like at this time we should mention um, – a few names of those that helped get us started. Sure, sure. Um, Sammy Talent, you know, Keith Carr, and then later that first year, Jason Wilson. Those guys, there was a lot that first year. We had no idea what was going on and just kind of had to feel our way through it. And as you know, those guys, they were going to fish those tournaments with their kids. They were they were trying to figure out and understand how it all worked at a time that there was a lot of gray area and we just weren't sure. Yeah, and Sammy Talent, he's now uh... – what, the director of the North Central Trail? Is that the correct he terminology? He is. He is. He, he kind of took that role on so we could have a local region here, and uh, it, it's really helped out. I think it's helped our numbers a lot having a local region. Yeah, I think, you know, especially with all the lakes in the Upper Cumberland area, it only makes sense to have a, a tournament on Del Hall, a tournament on um, Cordell Hole, hopefully next year. Uh, all that, there's so many lakes in this area, it just makes sense to do that. Uh, absolutely. This year we've actually had, uh, we've already had one tournament on Del Hollow Lake. It was a state trail tournament, actually. And in the spring, we're scheduled to have two more. So we get to kind of have three tournaments here on our home lake. So that helped us out tremendously. It's great. Maybe one of these uh, kids will uh, break the, what is it now, 60-something-year-old uh, smallmouth bass record. It, it would be nice to come up with a smallmouth a little bigger than 11-pound, <laughs> 15-ounces. I'll, I'll, I'll be proud when that day happens. But uh, How great How great would that be? Yeah, that'd be, uh, that would be awesome. Um, so... If uh, if a student finishes in what what place would a student have to finish in to make it to like uh, say whatever you would want to, want to call the next round? What is the next round? Kind of the next level. Actually, the next level is nationals. Uh, everybody wants to make the Bassmaster nationals. Uh, that's 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 the goal of these kids as they go out there every morning fishing. Um, that varies a little year to year. Last year it was a three hundred and thirty something boat field. Uh, this year they're cutting that back to 250 boats, so there's fewer slots. Uh, but they base it on your numbers. I mean, if you have a big region, lots of kids fishing in your region, you're going to get more national slots than anybody else. Uh, and the same with the state trail. Last year, uh, North Central Region, we were fortunate we had five slots. Uh, and we actually had two of our kids here from Livingston Academy to qualify and get to go fish the Nationals at Kentucky Lake last year. Uh, where, where is the Nationals at again? Is it the same place? Uh, the, yes, it's Kentucky Lake. Not not very close to Livingston, is it? It's it's, it's quite a uh, quite a hop over there, but uh, we did have two teams go and fish, and they they done really well. They didn't place where we wanted them to, but they had a great week. Yeah, and but going back to those sponsors, having those sponsors that really helps out with some of the uh, some of the cost setting off uh, the cost of uh, going to all these places and spending all the money of uh, hotel rooms and gasoline to you know pull that boat all the way from Livingston to halfway across the state or to even another state. You know, you're talking about Alabama. Uh, so let's talk about how it's it's slightly different in Kentucky, uh, the way they do their fishing. It's actually considered to be like a TWSAA sport in Kentucky. You think that'll ever happen? You heard any rumors about that or anything in, in Tennessee? There's always rumors. Uh, obviously, at this point, Bassmaster controls Tennessee fishing with a state director. Uh, you know, there's a lot of money in high school fishing, so... Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of interest. It's growing quickly. Right now, I think it's the fastest-growing sport in the state. Um, so, I mean, I could see why TWSAA would have an interest. Personally, I kind of hope it never goes that way. But um, 
that's you know you never know you can never say it's not going to happen but uh it, things are running nice right now and i hope they can maintain yeah I, I would prefer it stay away from being a TSSAA sport too uh, a lot more uh hoops to have to jump through if they if they go that route but you never know you know it it, it could become a regulated uh sport where you know, there's only certain times of the year you can fish. Instead of having it basically year-round, they may only have it in the spring. If, if they was to uh, regulate something like that, they may have two seasons. A couple of more things that have just really helped us along the way. Uh, we talked about there a few minutes ago, those three gentlemen on the first-year's teams that were kind of feeling their way through. A guy that helped us a lot that year, and, uh, you know, sadly he's he's passed on now, but at the time Tennessee Tech's fishing coach, Scott Northup, um, he had done this on the collegiate level for a few years, and we were able to call him several times and just get advice. And, uh, you know, I, that was more valuable than he'll ever know uh, to a couple of young coaches that had no idea what was going on. So, uh, and as you know, there, there just weren't a lot of teams in this area at that time. So that was kind of somebody we really leaned on heavy in the beginning. Um, and making this possible, I mean, you discussed the sponsors and the the ways we're able to help reimburse some people for their – what they're out, you know, since day one, we've had a booster club that has been uh, so supportive and so strong in our area. Um, these kids, all their parents, um, you know, they, they get out there and they get the sponsors. They, they do the work. They set up the mornings of the tournaments. Uh, they help with the weigh-ins. And, you know, that's not, that's not just Livingston Academy. That's the parents of these kids at all the different schools. And I, I tell everybody, it's crazy when you go to these tournaments, you see, the behavior and the respect and the just the maturity of these anglers from all the different schools and how they mesh together and work together and, and get along. And their parents, I mean, it's, it's the same mold. Uh, their parents help run the weigh-ins. Their parents help clean up, help tear down. And it's a, it's quite a great atmosphere to be involved in. Yeah, got to have a lot of parent involvement in this sport. Absolutely. Uh, let, let's talk about something we hadn't mentioned yet. So what happens if a student, or a, I guess a team, I guess you would say, what happens if they – place first at, say, Dale Hollow Tournament? What, what, what do they get? Uh, at each tournament, depending on the number of anglers, there are scholarships uh, that are rewarded back to the teams. Uh, and obviously, the higher you place, the more scholarship money you're going to get based off the number of entries. And you get points. Um, each tournament consists, it starts at 100 points, and it works its way down depending on your placing. Uh, those points are what are tabulated and calculated to determine who gets to go to the Nationals and who doesn't. And then uh, what, are, what are some options after – you mentioned Tennessee Tech has a fishing team. What, what are some of the students' options if they want to continue fishing at the collegiate level? Uh, right now, actually, there are a lot of schools that are – colleges that are trying to start their fishing programs. So there are a lot of colleges offering lots of scholarships. Uh, our students are getting offers to different places to go fish. Uh, some of those are somewhat local, some of them pretty far away. And, and some of these <clears throat> some of these places will be – at some of these tournaments, like Tennessee Tech will be the, the collegiate fishing team has an appearance at some of these tournaments, correct? Absolutely. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we were at Center Hill, and we had a team to place fourth. And uh, Scott Northrup, who we mentioned just a minute ago, wanted to offer those kids a scholarship. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, we had to tell him they were only sophomores at the time. So, Well, you know, in the next few years, we may see some of our uh, students going on to fish, and they, they may even uh, get to walk across the uh, – adult Bassmaster stage someday in the near future. Uh, so, Brandon, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Hog Eye Sports Show. We may have you back again to talk about some of our students when they go on to fish in the uh, Nationals and some other tournaments. So, uh, thank you for being here.
All right, we want to thank Brandon again for coming on the show and giving us some uh, good information about the Livingston County Fishing Team. You heard there some uh, some of the results they've had recently. We got some some different teams that are doing really well. The junior team is in second place right now, so they have a really good chance of uh, maybe even finishing first in their first ever year as a junior team. So I want to thank Brandon uh, for coming on, and uh, I want to talk just a little bit about you know myself and, and Brandon as as fishermen. He's he's a big time fisherman. If you know Brandon Cross, you know that he goes fishing a lot, and uh, he even you know fishes in his own tournaments there on Del Hollow Lake and, and does really well. So uh, he's he's a great great addition to the uh, Livingston Academy fishing team. He does a really good job with those kids. Uh, I myself am a fisherman, but I do a little bit different type of fishing. Uh, I'm more of a, a fly fisherman. I grew up fishing for trout down below Del Hollow Lake. Uh, every weekend, me and my dad would go and uh, catch us a mess of trout, bring them home and eat them. So I, I fish a little bit differently. I've gotten into fly fishing as I got older, and I, I do most of that nowadays. And in the in the summertime, I'll go fishing for panfish and stuff like that. But I'm I'm a trout guy. What's uh What's going on down there? Like a lot of people go down the Roaring River, down there on River Lane. I've seen a lot of people go that way. What's done down there? I mean, it's a lot of fly fishing down there, isn't there? Because the water's not too deep down there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I do that a lot in the summertime. Just go and wade with no waders on yeah. or anything. You know, just when it's 100 degrees outside. What do you catch? I, I always, I, I'm, I'm ignorant to all this whole thing here. You, so. you can catch all different species. Like, you don't even have to count number of fish you catch. You count number of species you catch. Oh, okay. You catch all different manners of panfish from bluegill, shell crackers, uh, just, you know, uh, pumpkin seeds. And, you know, uh, creek chubs, you can catch little, little tiny little minnows and, and things like that. It's just all, all manner of things. Of course, you can go gigging, too. In, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> my uncles grew up doing that. My dad, my dad too, obviously. Do a lot of uh, frog gigging at night. I mean, they would be out. I said they we. They'd be out at, like, 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning gigging frogs. So especially rainy nights like mm-hmm. tonight. Of course, it's cooler. But summer nights, rainy nights, big... So there's a lot of different types of fishing you can do. Now, the high school fishing is, you know, as as we said on that interview there, it's focused just on bass. You know, it's just bass fishing, you know, lake fishing on a boat, that kind of thing. But, you know, there's all different manners and and methods of fishing. You don't have to just be a bass fisherman to enjoy fishing. Absolutely not. No, I I enjoy it recreationally. I mean, as far as, you know, just going out and, and, Throwing a line out. I'm not yeah. very good at it. You know, we used to take a trip with our uh, classes uh, in agriculture there. We'd go up to a pay lake. Of course, there it's catfish. That's what you're after Yeah. in, in pay lake. So there's there's all different things you can go fishing for. But uh, so the as you see, the fishing team is doing really well. And, you know, we hope them, they have uh, big success in the future and, you know, bring in those fish. So that's going to do it for this segment of the Hog Eye Sports Show. And we'll be back to talk Livingston Academy basketball right after this. Hey, man. I said, hey, man. What are you doing? Oh, sorry. I had my headphones in. I was listening to a podcast. A podcast? Which one? Uh, the Hog Eye Sports Show. The Hog Eye Sports Show? Or where do they record that podcast with that name? Man, it's recorded in Hogai Country, which is about 12 miles north of Cookville, located in beautiful Livingston, Tennessee. Oh yeah, it's the podcast that's recorded in the middle of a cow pasture. <laughs>
Okay, we're back for another segment on the Hog Eye Sports Show. And in this segment, we're going to focus on Livingston Academy basketball. And in our last episode, we talked about the Christmas tournaments that were played before Christmas. So we're going to pick up and discuss in detail, in some detail, I guess, the basketball tournaments that were played after Christmas and then the games that started in uh, January here in 2019. So going back to Thursday, December 27th, 2018, the Livingston Academy boys played at Lafayette, Tennessee in the Nero White Tournament. In their first game, they they faced off against Trousdale County. Uh, Trousdale came into the game with a 3-10 overall record. And at that time, Livingston had a 10-5 overall record. And uh, Livingston won the game by a final score of 67-55. to 55. Uh, They did not have Mitchell Ayers available that night, as I believe he had uh, possibly mono. That's what I heard, yeah. So he was out for this game. Uh, got a couple of notes that I wrote down. This this game took place just a few days after we had recorded with Logan Clark, and he made a statement about charges, you know, taking charges, that that was something he did a lot. So uh, I wrote down that Livingston Academy took three different charges uh, in the second quarter of that game. I was like, in one quarter? Yeah. Wow. So uh, I said it was a very back-and-forth first half as the first half ended with Livingston just leading by three points. And then Ray... Uh, came up with a big three to give L.A. the lead at the end of the third quarter, and then Livingston pulled away handily in the fourth quarter and won by 12 points. So leading scorer in the game for Livingston Academy was Cody Ray with 29, and the only other player in double figures was Matthew Sales with 23. All five starters, and Hollers was the uh, starter in place of Ayers that game. All five starters did score in the game but Ray and Sales led the way. So the winner of that game went on to face Gallatin the next day, and we'll get to that game here in just a few few seconds, but also on Thursday, December 27th, at Albany, Kentucky, the Livingston Academy girls played in the Best of the Lakes tournament, and their first game was against Wayne County, Kentucky. And Livingston Academy came up on the losing end in this game. They lost by four points, uh, 43 to 47. They had nine different players score in the game. Uh, LA girls trailed the majority of the game. Uh, They were behind at each quarter and just could not ever uh, get over the hump against this Wayne County team. Uh, Hannah Hammonds, the only player for Livingston Academy in double figures with 10. Good to see her back. Yes, yes, her and Colson both back from uh, uh, season-ending injuries last year. Both of them had ACLs, I believe. Mm-hmm. So good to see them. But nine different players scoring. Hammonds with 10. Next highest, Webb with eight. Cronk uh, with six. Gene with five. Qualls and Colson with three. And Hayes with two. So uh, a lot of different girls scored in that game, but unable to come up with the win. So... The girls lost that game, and, and, and this was not a, a, a bracketed tournament like the boys' game. Like, you couldn't look 
and say, okay, if we win, we play the winner of this game. Yeah, it was all scheduled. Right? They already yeah. knew who they were going to play. They they actually played a pool, the two different pools, and so they played three games on the schedule, and then they had a fourth game. Yeah, like, which is I why, if you look at the records right now, uh, the girls have one more total game played than the boys, so they don't have identical records, you know, of total games played. Because they played a fourth game in this tournament, whereas the boys only played three. So they already knew that their opponent would be North Laurel, Kentucky on Friday, December the 28th. Uh, So on Friday, December the 28th, the Livingston Academy boys played versus the Gallatin Green Wave, who came in with an 8-6 overall record. And that was a really good team. Yeah. They were missing. Livingston was missing a couple of uh, important parts to their just team in general in this game. Uh, again, they did not have Mitchell Ayers. They also did not have the top guy. Yeah, so it's like Coach Miller. Coach Miller there. had to be at a funeral for one of his family members, so he was not not available for that game. So assistant coach, he's he's the next man up. He got to be <laughs> the, the the big dog in this game, and Livingston played okay. Uh, but I think the Gallatin team's just a little bit, yeah, a little bit out of their good. competition level. Um, they led at the end of each quarter and won by more than twenty points. Final score in the game: Livingston Academy fifty-three and the Gallatin Green Wave seventy-six. Livingston had nine different players score in the game, and they played a total of sixteen players, as far as I can. Have oh, well. from my notes. So sixteen different players played. I think that's everybody because Ayers wasn't there. Yeah. So everybody that dressed played in the game. Uh, leading scorer was Matthew Sales with twenty-two. The only other player double figures: Cody Ray with ten. Other scorers: McDonald with five, Hollers with four, Allen with four, Jones with three, Shote, Coleman, and Coffee each had two points. This was the first game versus the Gallatin Green Wave since 1999. And it's been a while, but I wrote down that Livingston Academy did not make a field goal in the second quarter. They had 13 points at the end of the first quarter, 18 points at the end of the second quarter. That's tough. It's a tough day. Yeah. So, uh, not a... not. Not a game you probably yeah, want to remember. That's one of those games that you're just glad it's not a district game and yeah. keep it moving. So after that, Livingston Academy played or was scheduled to play uh, one more game on Saturday, and that wound up being against Smith County. It was a, yeah, yeah, a non-district yeah, yeah. district game. Non-district district game. <clears throat> but before that happened, there was a couple of uh, girls' games, actually, before Livingston boys played Smith County boys. And on Friday, December 28th, the Livingston Academy girls played North Laurel, Kentucky. Their mascot, I wrote down, is the Jaguars. North Laurel came into the game with an 8-2 overall record, and they were pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> Livingston got behind early and could just never catch up. They, they were tied at halftime, 36-36. to 36, but I'm saying it was a close game early. Um, the, the girls, North Laurel girls, pulled away and won by uh, 15 points. Uh, this game started before the Livingston Academy boys game ended. And from what the radio guy, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was Roger Ely doing the radio for this one. But he said that the North Laurel team had a 
six foot five post player and a six foot four post player. Where do we get those? <laughs> Man, let's order us up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Goodness gracious. Um, let's see. Do we have a post player? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I wish I am just kidding. Liv- uh, one bright spot for Livingston Academy, and, and I think she's had some games like this since then. Uh, Jean, Emily Jean, had three three-pointers in the first half. She can shoot the crap out of it. And, and that's something that, that it's kind of a – she had nine points in the first half and finished with nine points. Stuff like a one-half thing. Yeah, it, it, it seems like that's happened in a couple of games here where she's gotten really hot in one half and then I don't know what, what the reason is, just not uh, been able to sustain that. So the Livingston Academy girls would have two more games after this game versus North Laurel at the Best of the Lakes tournament. One more that was already scheduled. And then another one, depending on the results. Yeah. So they were currently 0 for 2 in the near or the uh, uh, best, best of the lakes, lakes tournament. Yeah. So they came in to Saturday, December 29th, and played against the Franklin Simpson Kentucky Wildcats. So that's another one of those times Kenta. where the Wildcats are going to win no matter what. <laughs> and uh, Franklin Simpson's overall record coming into this game was 2 and 11. So you had to feel good that Livingston had a chance, at least in this game. And they uh, they came away victorious by a final score of 50-29. to 29. Sure, say it was a blowout, yeah. Emily Jean, this was not one of the times where she only scored in the first half. She had eight in the first half and ended with 14 total points to lead the team in scoring. Also in double figures for Livingston Academy girls, uh, Webb with 10, and then there were... A total of ten different girls to score in this game. Uh, again, Jean led Webb with ten. Uh, other scores: Susanna Hayes with seven, uh, Colson with five, and then Qualls, Shaw, Phipps, Clark, and the other Hayes girl scored a bucket each to give Livingston Academy their total of fifty points. And with this win. Livingston County played against uh, Boyd Crowder's team. I don't know if you ever watched the show Justified. Yeah, 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 yeah. Harlan, Kentucky. Harlan, Kentucky. It's who Livingston Academy played. I don't. I, I kept listening to see if there'd be a Crowder on the team. <laughs> I was going to cheer really hard for that girl if if uh, if there was a. But I didn't hear it. So uh, unfortunately, this wound up being the fifth place game in this tournament. And Livingston Academy, of course, squared off against Harlan, Kentucky, whose mascot is the Green Dragons. All right, your Green Dragons. Harlan came in with a overall record of four wins and ten losses, and Livingston's current record at going into this game was seven wins and eleven losses. Livingston got off to a pretty good start and led at the end of each quarter and came away with a win seventy-four to forty-eight. 74 points in the girls' basketball game is pretty good. That's got 11 different players for Livingston Academy scored. Colson led the way with 20 points. Love her. Yeah, love that kid. And I think they were all in the second half. All right, ABC. No, no, no. I can't read my writing. 10 in the first half. I thought it was just a zero. (laughs) (laughs) 10 in the first half, 10 in the second half. I get those mixed up, too. That's some good... uh, Averages right there, yeah. yeah. Very efficient. So she had 20 points to lead the way. Hannah Hammond's also in double figures with 10 points. Also scoring, Qualls with 8. Jean and Susanna Hayes with 7. 
uh, Shaw with six, Asbury with five, Phipps with four, Cronk with three, Webb with two, and also Clark with two points to give Livingston their We'll trouble. recap all this, or come back to this point that I'm about to say, but, and it sounds stupid because it's so obvious. That's how they have to score. Those, not 74. That'd be great if we could every, every week but or every game. Those numbers, though, that that contribution of those players stepping up is how they have to do that. And we'll, when we end this thing and talk about you know going forward, if they don't do that, they're not very good. And that's just the black and white, blunt, not being a homer. They need to stop thinking that they're so young. They are. We know it. They need to stop listening. They need to get in the lab every day. I say the lab, the gym, whatever you want to call it, and work. It has to be that, that right there. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. So that ended the Livingston Academy girls' run in the Best of the Lakes tournament. They took the fifth place game over Harlan, Kentucky. So the last tournament game in 2018 was the Livingston Academy boys versus the Smith County Owls, who came in with a... Officially, I guess it would be a one win and nine losses. But that one win was a forfeit in the tournament. And the coach told whoever the radio guy was, because he said it on the radio, I don't know if it's Craig or Roger. He said, uh, I don't want to count that as a win. I, I, I respected that. You know what? I do too. Because we live in such a, a society now that everybody takes like what they can give or what they can get given to them. I <laughs> applaud that right there. Congratulations. I don't know who that is. If, I, if When they play up here in a week, I hope I see you. I'm going to shake his hand and tell him that. Yeah. That's, uh, don't take what that people give you. Yeah. Go get go, yours. Go, go, go win it yourself. Why would, yeah. That's like everybody tells us that we won two two games my senior year in football. You beat Fulton because they got disqualified. You didn't beat Fulton. I got destroyed. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who this wee person is. <laughs> yeah. they, they kicked the shit out of us. Yeah. So, I mean, but uh, we won one game, right. so props to that guy because everybody always told him like, "Yeah, I went three and twenty-seven in three years of high school football." Yeah, yeah, they know they know four. I promise you that. So uh, Livingston Academy came away with a big time win. This was the third place game in the uh, Near White Tournament. Uh, Livingston won the game by a final score of eighty to fifty-four over the Smith County Owls. Leading scorer. Cody Ray with 30. He good. Matthew Sales with 15. And McDonald also in double figures with 14. Starting to come around. He's starting to come around. He he has. He's had some big games. Uh, other scorers, Allen with five, Schott with four, Jones, Hollers, Melton, and Samuel Ayers with three, and Aiden Coffey with a point to give Livingston their total of 80. Um... One of the I got this wrote down here. Of course, it's been a while since these games happened, but I, I wrote kind of tried to write down some interesting things. A Smith County player was ejected for throwing Cody Ray to the floor in the fourth quarter. And that blowout game? Yeah, I don't know. Just taking out some frustration, I guess. Uh, who knows what was going on there? We ain't going to forfeit ever again. <laughs> We're all miles. We have to. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. They got to play again too. That's kind of. <laughs> So, that was the end of the 2018 part of the Livingston Academy basketball season. So, now we get into this year, current year. Let's go. 2019. It's our year. Uh, Livingston Academy played against Warren County at home 
on January the 5th. And a Saturday. The only home game that we have had in the month of January. <laughs> this year. <laughs> How about that? 2019. Yeah. So, um, Livingston Academy girls up first against Warren County. The Pioneers, I believe, is their mascot. Is that not right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they did not get off on the right foot in 2019. No. They had one point at the end yeah. of the first quarter. And that was by Colson hitting a free throw. They did not score a field goal in the first quarter, and they did not score a field goal until 4.05 left to go in the second quarter. And Hayes was the one who scored that uh, field goal. So, I'm going to ask you something. Who do you, who do you blame there? Man, I don't know. You got I, I'm going to say it. People get mad at me all the time. That's fine. You can coach kids to do everything perfect. You can't go do it for them. I mean, one point, if you're, uh, one point in a quarter is what terrible teams do. This is, there's nobody over there that's terrible. There's not. And that goes back to getting get the lab and start getting to work. Stop listening to this outside noise because there's some of it. Stop listening to this stupid outside noise and go to work. Stop pouting. Stop listening to everybody telling you, oh, well, y'all are having a down year. No, there's still a tournament to be played, and we'll get to all this, I know, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is just, that's one point and a quarter. That's unacceptable. No, there's, that doesn't happen six, at Livingston Academy. Six in the first half. It doesn't happen at Livingston Academy. I've sat, I've sat and watched teams you have two over there, especially like the first round of the region tournament will play Bledsoe County, and, so, and you're sitting there going, this thing's bad. Well, you know what? Well, you know, you, you know, like they're better than you know they they beat you know Harlan, Kentucky, seventy four to forty eight, so go they back, can score. Go back and look at let's go to uh-huh. go to Pickett County, right? They played Pickett twice, real close. Pickett's going to finish on top two of seven A. Yeah. Now it's not the Pickett County team that it has been in the past. They're still probably going to make a run at the state tournament, but. You've played good teams close. Stop crapping the bed against somebody that's terrible. Warren County's not good at all. Could have just beat them by 30. And they were, you, they you, were this night. Yeah, they, they were that night. But you, that's, that comes back to effort for me. There's no effort right there. So the Livingston Academy girls lost the game by a final score of 35-46. to 46. So they made it respectable there at the end. They got it to within 11 points. And there's no point. How do you score one point in the, in in? Six points the first half and make it an 11-point game. So so they had at the end of the first half, it was Warren County 23, the L.A. girls 6. At the end of the third quarter, it was 19-33. to 33. So they made a run in the third quarter. You have to sit down and play. you got to play every possession. Stop taking possessions off and pouting and go play. I, I've got something. But it was a little, I guess, a little... Too little, too late. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. When you, when you score six points and a half, I don't care what you're going to say. Yeah, you're going to struggle to win, that's yeah. for sure. It's not, not a good way to start. So, moving on to the boys' matchup. This is a little more competitive game. They've got a pretty good team. Warren County boys are good. Yeah. Now, they, good they, they can flat play. Yeah. Uh, it was very close at, at, in the first half. It's 37-38 at, the end, at halftime. But, and it was, it was still close at the end of the third quarter, 53-58. But they just had a monster fourth quarter. Final score, 71-83. to 83. Yeah. And that's hey, that's a good team. Yeah, it's they just like got it. hot and just we, we couldn't do nothing with them. Um, so leading score for Livingston Academy. Let's go back to the girls. Le- leading score in that game uh, for Livingston Academy would have been Webb with eight. So no no girl in double figures for uh, the girls team. Uh, leading score for the boys against uh, Warren County. 
Cody Ray with 29 and Matthew Sales with 22. So the two big time scorers Being doing what they jelly, do. Yeah. McDonald again with eight to be the next highest scorer. Also, Ayers back with six. So good to see him back playing. Yeah, absolutely. And then Carwile, Jones, and Hollers also had a basket to give Livingston boys their total of 71. You got to get a stop there. Sounds like when they scored a bunch of points, <laughs> sit down and play somebody. Nobody likes playing defense, so they have to. So now we get into some district matchups, That's games that really matter. That matter. Games that matter. We're on the schedule now. Yeah. So uh, coming into this game, the Livingston Academy girls had a 1-3 district record. And they faced off on Tuesday, January the 8th, at Watertown. And they came away with a win, 53-45. to So they, they come out and, and played in this game. They scored. That's what it's going to do. They, uh, it was a close first half. L.A. led by 11 at the end of the third quarter. But Watertown came back. They, they tied the game up with less than two minutes to play. Tough place to play. But Livingston, credit to them. They scored the last eight points of the game to win. Tough place to play. Go get a district win. Absolutely great job right there. And that's how it has to be. And um, that's that speaks to my point though, right there. Colson was the leading scorer for Livingston Academy with 12 points. Other scorers, Hayes, Susanna Hayes with eight. Or Cronk with nine, Susanna Hayes with eight. Uh, also, Qualls and Hammonds with five. Gene with six, and Phipps and Webb with three to give Livingston their 53 Let's points. Go. So, uh, kind of a big game for another reason. It's a district win, and that's that's big. But a little milestone was set in this game. Coach Leslie Riddle broke a tie with former Livingston Academy coach Larry Looper, a man who has a banner hanging in Derwood Vaughn Memorial Gym. And she broke a record, a, a tie with him, and she now is the winningest Livingston Academy girls basketball coach in history. She had, this was her 442nd win as the head basketball coach for Livingston Academy. She's so humble. I texted her that <laughs> night and said, hey, that's, that's all you. And she's like, oh, no, great players, great coaches along the way. Uh, that's her record. And she has had some great players, don't get me wrong. No slide on anybody. But you know who coached those players? She did. Absolutely. And, um, you know. If, if you got to take the flack when they lose, you got to take right. the credit when they win. That's right. And, um, you know, she deserves a banner. She'll never have it. She would never want it. I actually made a joke like, hey, they're going to put you a banner up there too. Um, <laughs> but, um, well, 20 years now, going to be 20, I think. Next year, be next year. Um, to do that, to do what she's done, twenty years, she's she's at the top. You think of uh, coaches in our area that have been a big impact on the game in the last thirty years. Uh, go back to Coach Looper's one, uh, Eddie Linder has a nine-nine team, obviously great job. Um, but everybody kind of skips over them. Yeah, and. You, you look and you, and you say, great coaches in our area. Uh, you, you say Jim Brown, Lamar Rogers, mm-hmm. and then right there, and sometimes before them, it's Leslie. Every time. There's a reason for that. And uh, all, I mean, Jim Brown's having probably the worst season of his career this year. And you know what? People understand that. That's a cycle. We've talked about on this, on this before. But <clears throat> this, 
this year she's nine. Is this right? Uh, that is, is current. Is yes. current nine and fifteen this year so far? Yes, it's terrible. I mean, but you got to play what you got. Um, but you look back last year's fifteen and nineteen. She had never, yeah, ever, ever lost had a losing season till last year. Yeah. The first year she comes in here, oh, she takes over for Eddie Linder, who had been here and had a remarkable run. Um, but she comes in here off a twenty-seven and eight season, and just keeps it going. Twenty-eight and six, twenty-five and ten. That 0-4 team, uh, okay, so that O three team I thought was a lot better. By the way, I don't know if you remember that team, uh, but vaguely. they lost to, to Seymour there, and then one at 0-4. Lost an open run of Seymour, actually. And then, you know, the Lowell, Brandy Brown, York team, um, put them out in, in 05. And then you go on this run. And look at this run. This is 0506, sub-state McMinn Central. State semis, Marshall County. Um, state runner-up, that was me. Gibson County, region semis, open as open team that probably should have won it and Dana Craft to bed. Uh, sub-state McMinn Central, state semi CPA, state uh, quarterfinal CPA state tournament Elizabethan region semis. That was the most. That was the upset year. The only year that I've ever said, I don't. We underachieved was fourteen fifteen. Central Magnet put us out there, and then you got to come back sub state McMahon Central and the region semis a couple a couple years ago actually. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two three years ago. Yeah, that's that's the last time Urban lost. Until mm-hmm. they, have they lost this year? Yeah, they lost, yeah, they lost to uh, Hayward. That was that was their last loss until this year. And then of course last year, an, an average at best, Bledsoe County puts out a team that probably didn't care to be there anyway. But I mean, goodness gracious! And I mean, Larry had sixteen years, went four forty one and eighty. That's I mean that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, I mean, look, you look at his his worst season here. Uh, it's 26 and 12. Uh, of his first. Of his, he had a second tenure that I yeah. have listed there. Yeah, but I'm just looking here. 26 and 12. But, I mean, the thing the players, though, Leslie played for Larry. Mm-hmm. Amy Brown played. Had the, this was the time that Livingston Academy um, was one of the top teams in the nation. Untouchable, yeah. So, I mean, you look at It's him and her, Mount Rushmore, Livingston Academy, Aiden Landers after that. On the girls' side, obviously. On the boys' side, you're going to throw Darwood in there. Um, but, I mean... The run she's been on is great. She loves the game. I talked to her. I, t- I told you I texted her. I talked to her actually yesterday. Loves the game. Loves the program. Loves the kids. And wants to be here a long time. And that's, uh, you know, I think about we've got a, just right here at the top, 1,040 wins all time. Not all. That, that is of games we know of. Of games we know of were 1,040 and 311. Yes. And of those 1,040 wins, they have uh, – Mostly all of them. I can't do my yeah, quick we're, math. We're missing a few games in the uh, late 70s. And we, we only go back to Larry Looper's first year in 1971 as far back as we know the official records. Okay. So, so since the 70s. So of the of the 1,040 wins, those two have 883. Sorry, I went to losing Academy. I can't do math. <laughs> so that's amazing. Two coaches right there are your program. Yes. That's it. And um, you don't disrupt that. There's a reason that those people are there that long. They're that good. They're good. Yes. And absolutely. I mean, then you look and um, I, I'm glad you got this thousand point scores over here. Um, the think of the people that, that and they this took. is in. Of course, now they don't know about some of these. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. This is in but, uh, numerical. But look, look at this. That you know, Abby Miller, 2012. Who's back helping? Yeah. Yeah. Just mention that. Um, she's she's a Leslie kid. Kylie Wayneham, Leslie kid. Bethany Melton, that would be Eddie's. Yeah. Uh, Paige Smith will be a lender kid, but Stephanie Sullivan, 
Leslie, Jenna Baltimore, Leslie, Kendra Kilgore, Leslie, Marley Sells, Leslie, Ashley Matthews, Leslie, Michaela Brown, Leslie. Um, you know, keep going up. You got Tiffany was a was a uh, Larry Lifter kid, mm-hmm. one of the greatest, probably the greatest of all yes. time, in my opinion. Yes. Um, Mackenzie, Leslie kid, Leslie's a Leslie kid. Yeah, I'm sure she is. Um, you know, Amy with with Looper, uh, and I lied to you there. That has to be we. I told you that was Ed Glender, ninety nine team, Andrew Brown, uh, and then Katrina, Leslie kid, and then your Sunday at the top. You know, but between those two coaches, look those players. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, and um, you know, you look at that, and, and that '99 team, according to this, has 2,000 point scores. But now he was only here four years. So, I mean, but the, he had he had had two of those scores, but 32 of those, uh, 25 of those are either Leslie or Eddie mm. or, or Larry. Sorry, and yeah. that's uh, boy, that's great. And so, props to both of them. Congratulations, Coach Riddle. Great friend, I've said it a thousand times. Talked to her, I talked to her a lot, and uh, boy, she she does not like that the spotlight's on her with the wins thing <laughs> at all. That's not a. She's thankful, but it's just she's not excited about it. Let's keep it moving. She said, "Well, and we're we're back on the grind now, you know." Okay. Well, let's uh, let's keep it moving keep on moving. the <laughs> on the review of uh, basketball games. So the boys versus Watertown. This was a pretty close game. Um, Livingston trailed at the end of the first quarter and trailed at the end of the second quarter. Uh, and they, they pulled ahead at the end of the third quarter by three points. And, uh, you know, that was a big comeback for them in the third quarter there to get ahead. And they finally won the game 68-63, five-point win. Uh, but uh, Sales got in early foul trouble. He had to sit most of the first quarter. Um, Carwile played big that night. He's a good little player. Uh, nine points, five rebounds, excellent on defense. He's a bulldog. He's tough. Made, made a big contribution, especially with uh, Sales having to sit out quite a bit. But Sales did his thing, though. 28 points to lead Livingston Academy to the win. Uh, Ayers also in double figures with 10 points. Ray with nine. Carwell with nine. Jones with five. And McDonald with two to give Livingston their total of 68 and another district win, which put them – Think at five and zero. Oh? Should be. Would that one, be right? Two, three. Oh, sorry. One, two, three, four. Yep. Five, five and zero. Oh. Alone at the top of the district standings. So then Livingston starts their road trip. Well, that was the beginning of their road <laughs> trip, wasn't it? They take a big <laughs> road trip the next uh, <laughs> Friday night on January the eleventh. Livingston travels to the Lonely Mountain. To face off against the Institute. In the Super Bowl. The Institute Super Bowl. <laughs> so, the girls came in with a 2-3 and three district record, and York's district record was identical. 2-3. and three. That's a shocker. We'll just put Wiley with there. Talked to somebody last night. That's a shocker. <laughs> uh, Livingston played well in the game, but did not come away <clears throat> with a victory. Uh, lost the game 41 to 51 10 point loss uh, they were they were way behind at the end of the third quarter 22 to 42 so they they, they made the it close yeah, yeah, yeah. made it close there at the end at the end but uh, tough place to win it is a tough place to play uh, leading scorer on the night for Livingston Academy girls uh, Alec walls with nine points oh let's go also Colson with six Cronk with five 
three players with four points, Shaw, Hayes, and Hammonds. Phipps with three. Webb, Asbury, and Gene with two points. So ten different players scoring. You know, sharing the scoring in this game, that, that, that's pretty big to see. Uh, yeah. Abby Miller-Jolly made her first appearance on the bench uh, versus Watertown. I wrote it down on this one. but uh, So this was her second game uh, back helping. She was such a good player, such a good person, and uh, so fundamental. And that will change a lot of people over there, too. It's good. I think this has happened in two different games recently, but I think Qualls got a player from the opposite team a technical foul called on them. I don't, she was involved in it somehow. But I wrote this down that uh, Blevins for York was called with a technical foul at the end of the third quarter. And I think possibly Qualls was uh, in on it somehow or some way. I'm not sure. Too what, much of that daddy in What happened there. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Man. So the Lewis Academy girls lose the game, and their record in the district falls to 2-4 and four overall. Uh, then the Livingston Academy boys takes on the Institute – in a clash of the top teams in District 8AA. And this is not a game to uh, do much talking about. The boys just did not play well that night. York was up 9-21 to at the end of the first quarter. That's tough. Uh, They're not bad. Boys Boys had a good second quarter. 20-28 to at halftime. So, Hell yeah, that's played well. Half. Only held them to 7 points yeah. in the second quarter. But in the second half, they just couldn't couldn't do much. Uh, York wound up winning the game, fifty five to thirty eight. It's the first district loss too. Yes. Um, York's got a good team. You know, we talked about that in the preseason stuff. They had they had talent up there. Um, you know, so you go on the road and lose to a good team. That's pretty normal in our district. Yeah, I'm nothing to yeah. freak out about. Um, I wrote down that Livingston seemed to get every Ray Cody Ray had four fouls on him in the first half, and I think most of them were charges. There was just every everything went against any, any close call seemed to go against Livingston. You know, maybe some home cooking. I, I don't know if that's you know true or not. But uh, um, the LA just couldn't hit. They missed a lot of shots. Missed a lot of three pointers. It seems like Livingston doesn't have a uh, a great three point shooter. Well, and two on that is it's January. You've made it to the midway point of your schedule. Maybe some of that's legs. It could You've be. been on the road a lot too. I mean, you played one home game since December the 7th. So, um, you know, I mean, maybe it's some legs that, that drive up there, oh, yeah. changes things. Um, but I would agree, and a couple of times I've seen them play, is that not a great shooting team. Pretty good scoring team. Yeah, you know, Sal- Sales and Ray can get you some yeah. points. They can, a lot of, Most of them get to the rim and, and get a shot off. But as far as a um, – unless it's wide open, as far as a, a kid or – Coming off a screen or, or kind of moving through a play and finding their finding the line and getting one up, um, connection on a lot of them's not been good. So I agree with you there, and I hope that's just legs because going forward they're going to need to have a, somebody to help them space it out. So Sales was the only player for Livingston to score double digits. Mm-hmm. This was the lowest scoring total of any game Livingston Cami Boys yeah. have played all season. Yeah. Thirty-eight points. Credit York. Sales had twenty-one of the thirty-eight. Other scorers, McDonald with six, Ray with four. And again, he was in foul trouble most of the game. Jones with three, Ayers and Hollers with two. So uh, not, a, not, not a game to remember much about. So moving on to Livingston Academy at Woodbury, Cannon County High School. Tuesday. That's back-to-back. Back traveling 
to Woodbury on a Tuesday. It's got to be the worst should, possible. It should thing always be played on a Friday. Yes. Uh, oh God, bless. and then coming off York, you know, it's quite obviously yeah. a weekend. There. You got to go oh, to York goodness. and then to Cannon County. That's some. That's some uh, travel miles. I always there. say when it used to be magnet. And it's Magnet and Cannon on the same week. Might as well they should just get a hotel room, hotel room for, stay. for Tuesday, Wednesday, and stay down there. We'll miss two days of school, play Thursday or Friday, whatever it is, and then yeah. see you. So, uh, girls go to Cannon County and don't don't play very well. They lose 33-54 to 54 against a team that had a worse record in the district at the time. And so uh, they, they trailed at the end of each quarter. And in the second half, they were down by 20 points and lost by, you know, well over, well, I guess 21 points. So uh, leading score, Emily Jean, seven points. But again, all seven points came in the first half. And Cronk had six. Webb had six. Colson with four. All four of her points in the first half. Uh, Asbury, Hammonds, and Phipps with two. So they just uh, didn't seem to do do a lot of damage there in the second half. Mm. Then the Livingston Academy boys played at Cannon County in another close district game for them. You know, they, they won at Watertown by, what, three points mm-hmm, maybe? Mm-hmm. They win at Cannon County by two points. They have a close first half. They don't, They lead at the end of the first and second quarters, but only by two or three points each time, and, you know, just very, very close game. They were down in the second half again and have to make a comeback. Um, Will McDonald steps up big time, hits two free throws with six seconds left to give Livingston a 62-60 to lead. So it was tied with six seconds. McDonald hitting those two free throws, that's that's stepping up and making a play. Right there. He's been good. He's gotten better all year long. <clears throat> he's the reason he's starting and uh, playing well. That's a big moment there. It's a quarterback right there. Yeah, QB1. Yeah, let's go. So, Sales again leading the way for Livingston Academy with 25. Ray also with 18. And McDonald coming in with double digits at 10. Ayers with 7. And someone who's getting a lot more playing time recently, Parker Coleman with 2 points. He's pretty good. Be, he seems to be uh, hitting his his stride and getting getting a lot more looks out there. So that leads us to the final game to recap and gets us up to uh, the most current game that was played. That was at Upperman the, this past Friday night on January the 18th. L.A. Girls versus Upperman. Upperman, perfect seven and zero coming into this game in District Eight AA. They beat Megan County, didn't they? That is right. Wow. So, the girls scored one point in the first quarter versus uh, Warren County. They scored zero points in the first quarter versus Upperman. But, to give them credit, Upperman only had six points in the first quarter. <laughs> so, it was six to nothing. <laughs> Imagine walking in and the second quarter starts to look up. Is the scoreboard messed up? What's wrong with that thing? Can we stop keeping the score here? Like, what's going on? You know, I wanted. I, I thought about being funny on the the Hogeye Sports uh, Twitter verse there and going, Upperman missed the extra point. Yeah, They're yeah, only yeah, up yeah, six yeah. to nothing. Yeah, but. we had t- touchdown here on the open drive. We got this back where we wanted. That's uh, boy, that's but bad. I, didn't. I can tell you right now, knowing both coaches right there, 
hot Ooh. after the first quarter. Yeah, you'd have to be. I mean, Dana obviously probably felt better about her position than Leslie did. But So, I, I wrote this down. Neither team scored for the first three minutes of the game. That's, that's impressive. That blank stare like what? That's How impressive. And Livingston Academy's first bucket of the game oh, God. was a three-pointer by Webb, and it did not come until three minutes left in the second quarter. That's a drought. We're having plenty of rain outside right now. Not, that's the definition of a drought right there. That's tough. Goodness gracious. I don't know. Prop stopping for great defense, I guess. I don't know. So it was 7-18 to 18 in favor of Upperman at the end of uh, the first half, and Upperman wins the game by a score of 51-25. to 25. <clears throat> Leading scorers for uh, Livingston Academy – Webb and Susanna Hayes with eight points each. Other scores, Qualls with three. Colson, Jean, and Eliana Hayes with two points each. In the first half, I wrote this down too. Livingston Academy was 0 for 6 on free throws. You got to make your free throws. Ask Alabama. Yes. Shot 44% today. They would have won that game yeah, if they made like their free throws. Terrible. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I'm I'm looking. I'm trying to pull this up in a minute, but I'm looking at we don't give up a ton of points on the girls' side. Defensive efforts okay. I feel like you got. Yeah, I know you got it somewhere, but I didn't bring it with me. It's okay. But yeah, I'm looking. It's like um, you know, obviously it's in the forties. Average yeah, points yeah, against say, Livingston yeah. Academy girls is in the forties. And that's the thing. Defensively, great job. You got to score. Got to score points. And we can talk about that in a minute after we get down on the boys' side. But. So let's update the girls. This is so all the we've recapped every game that's been played up to this point. Mm-hmm. Let's recap the eight AA standings on the girls' side. Upperman in first place, perfect eight and O record. Okay. Macon County, their only loss is to Upperman, seven and one record. DeKalb, six and two. Which is amazing. They're They've snuck up on everybody. Playing well. All right. York, 500, 4-4. Four four. Not happy up there. I promise you that. Go ahead. Cannon, who is, you know, beat Livingston. What in so the they world? have a 3-5 and five record. All right. Livingston, 2-6. and six. That's where it was. Okay. Go ahead. Smith and Watertown, each with 1-7 and seven records. They beat each other? I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> All right. That's, except for York, okay. I would have, I had, I think we had to go back and look, but I think I had Upman or Macon, one, two, and then I had York at three, and I still think after three was a toss-up. Well, I figured that maybe DeKalb would be better, but AG girl got hurt, and they're obviously playing real well. Feral girl, playing good. Feral girl's pretty good. Um, but then I had Livingston Academy, Cannon, Smith, Watertown, so we're not far off. Livingston's just one game behind Cannon, and they get to play Cannon again at home, so they could... They get some revenge there, but they got to play better. You cannot, you can't, you can't use this excuse forever, Mike. Man, you got to. You, they've been these girls have been playing basketball for most of them for ten years. Yeah, I agree. So, and, and put the ball in the basket. You, you stop pouting. Got to score. Stop listening to everybody else and stop pouting. Put the ball in the hole, and then go. You know what? Go down and get a stop. Put the ball in the hole. Do it a bunch. Do it a bunch. And you win. Defensively, I think they're very good. So their numbers say they are. Yeah. You're going. They're not going to beat Upman. They're not going to beat Macon County. Uh, they may not beat York. Um, 
run out of the way to cab. Should I, mean, I don't want to throw the cab in there? Everybody else is beatable. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to, to say they're not the the, five, the fifth best team in this district. And that and when you say that, that puts you at, when it comes to tournament time. If you can string together one game, that might put you in a region tournament. But stop pouting. Yeah. Like let's go. I mean, this this is snowflake culture over here. Let's <laughs> let's get going. Let's let's stop. And we got, we talk about how tough we are all the time. And that's all I hear about. Oh, well, we got some tough kids. We're not very tough. We're scoring one point in the first quarter, zero here and there. Let's get going. So we got one more game to recap. That's the Livingston Academy boys at Upperman Friday. Livingston came in with a six and one district record. Upperman five and two district record. And Upperman shot the lights out of it. Three pointer after three pointer, just putting everything in. And uh, Livingston just uh, got down at the end of the first quarter by 12 points, 10 to 22, and just never could, never could get within. They got within, I believe, eight points several times, and then Upperman would make another three or two threes and get up by 13 or 14 again. So, just couldn't, couldn't get back in touch with them. Yeah, uh, I think we had an off night shooting too. Um, McDonald was the leading scorer for Livingston with 16. Cody Ray with 15, Mitchell Ayers with 11, and Matthew Sales with 10. <laughs> Starts like he's in there somewhere, and he play, and he played. And Cody Jones, or Cody Jones, uh, <laughs> Caden Jones, the only other scorer for Livingston with four points. So all five starters scored, but they're the only scorers. None that's of the bench tough. players yeah, scored. Right there. There's a difference. I don't know, Upperman getting hot. Credit Upperman uh, doing what they do. They shoot the ball ton. And, um, you know, when they go on in, they're pretty good. Uh, we saw up here that uh, when they're not going in, they're not very good. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's every team. So but, that, so each Livingston Academy boys won on their home court. Upperman won on their home court. So let's hope there's a rubber would, match I at should, Tennessee Tech. Sometime I would say they'll. The I would. I would venture to guess they'll play again. But York's pretty good too. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and we <clears> we previewed the season and said that big question mark. And uh, we feel like we've answered questions about Livingston, but we said the district was a big question mark. Still is. You've got Upperman, Livingston, York. Where's making that in that? Where's Watertown in that? We'll, we'll get to their standings here in a minute. Let's go over. We did a, a girl's milestone with Leslie's uh, yep. big win. Yep, yep. So let's talk about a, a boy's milestone. Matthew Sales scored his 1,000th point in the second quarter of that game versus Upperman, which puts him probably in 29th place right now. Yeah, he probably the, had more than 1,004, so... And so he's looking down the Brock McCoy's neck right now. Let me now. tell you something. He's he has to be the youngest. I would like. I wish we had this. Chase Dunn. Twenty five oh eight. Chase was me. No, because he didn't play a lot of freshman year. Really? He's he was a sixth and seventh man. So he probably had. I don't know. He might have had four hundred, five hundred his first year. He never got to start, and Wilson played in front of him, so that worth the difference. Um, man, he's on a tear. And you look, and so he's already got a thousand, obviously. And he's a sophomore. He's gonna score probably seven. And this is all barring injury, knock on wood. Yes, he stays absolutely. healthy. He's probably gonna score seven hundred more before he's done being a junior. That would put him uh, above Wade Eldridge. You know, if he just had that even seventeen hundred and and put him in a sixth all time. And then he starts looking down there. That's just 800 points. That's a solid year away from chase, or getting chase. Chasing chase, I guess we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> 25 is a lot of points. Because we always thought, like, oh, yeah, looking, at, looking at chase play, we always thought, well, nobody's ever done this. And then you look, you flip this page right here, 
2633. Mm-hmm. That's for Sunday, and that's a lot of points. So and 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 not only did Sunday <laughs> score that, but look, she had Tiffany Krantz who scored 1600 points, oh, yeah. and yeah. Bethany Melton who yeah. scored 1100 yeah. points. Yeah. All They're all thing. the same all year. Thing. And that's the thing. They're uh, so that was impressive. What's gonna What's going to uh, help Matthew? And this is no slight, but he's the primary option. He, he needs, and he's going to get the ball a ton. Um, and he should be. He deserves it. Uh, where Chase, that team was, uh, they had five guys that could score if they needed to. Now Chase, obviously, primary scorer, but um, man, he is he is great. He works hard. I've known Billy, his dad, a long time. I've seen Matthew grow up. At a, as a kindergartner, he's in there with his little ball and shooting, and we do AAU practice and stuff. Um, props to him. Great family, great kid. He does not care anything about being a thousand point scorer. He just wants to win. And um, man, he does. He deserves everything he gets. Uh, I feel like he's a Division One player, and I'm not talking about Tennessee Tech. I'm talking about a Division One player. Um, and I would love to see him in Orange one day if that's what he ever decided to do. That'd be great. <laughs> um, but Man, he's he's special, and he's a he's he's not old enough to be a sophomore. He's, right, he's, he should be a he's freshman. A young, so young sophomore. So good. let's uh let's recap the boys' eight double A standings. York is alone in first place now with a seven well, one record. Okay, and Livingston Academy and Upperman are tied with identical six and two records for second place. Mm-hmm. Macon. Five and three coming in in fourth place. Macon lost to DeKalb. That's unexpected. Yeah. After yeah. they beat York, Macon beats beat York, York and then yeah. loses to DeKalb. Yeah. That must be a Jekyll and Hyde team yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Macon's in fourth place. Watertown with a 500 record mm-hmm. coming in in fifth place. Cannon and DeKalb, identical two and six records for sixth and seventh, I guess you would say. Tied for six. And then Smith County. And then Smith County. Coming in with a 0 and 8 in the district. I wonder if they ever got those W's we sent them. I Christmas hope they did. They, they, they need them bad. Um, you know, on the, on the boys' side, where you look at the girls and it's Upperman making probably everybody else. Uh, maybe maybe the Cav and York somehow sneak up to number two. Um, on the boys' side, man, the first five is good. Yes, they are. There's a really good team sitting at home for the region tournament. I hope it's not us. Yeah. Um, but it could be. Yeah, I mean, it could be. That's just the nature of that beast right there. Um, boy, you you really want to you want to be the two. You don't want to play Upman again. No, no. So you know, in a quali- and of course, I guess the top four go home. But some way, some way, you want to be the two. That way, you avoid a play-in game as well. So we got we got DeKalb, Smith, Macon, Watertown. York and Cannon left on the schedule. So you would Is that you, correct? Yeah, yes. you would think that you you would obviously hope that you would win them all. They're all at home. Unless you say that, except for DeKalb. Well, yeah, DeKalb got a twenty second. And you know they beat they beat Macon, so yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't overlook them. But then the rest of us at home: Smith County on twenty fifth, Macon twenty ninth. We you know so on so forth. Water Watertown, York, Cannon. Uh, all those games are winnable. If you can somehow close close the season, well, there there it is. I mean, if you win out, you take over the district. I would think. I would think so because you yeah. would have you would tie, you would have a tiebreaker with your tiebreaker with your points, yeah. but then you would also I don't know make you'd, then you'd be big Upman fans hmm. because you'd want Upman to put out put your down. But mm-hmm. I guess I don't know if there's a I don't know if it's good to win the district or if it's better to finish second. Hmm. 
avoid somebody. But I mean, y'all got to play each other in, ultimately anyway. But I mean, that's like I said, a good team's going to be sitting at home for the region tournament. They're, that Watertown team last year was really good, and they've, I mean, they're still. And good Livingston just beat them by three. They yeah. beat uh, or two, I guess it's yeah. two. Yep. And then Macon, Macon's no, a good. They beat uh, Watertown by three and Cannon by two points. Macon's so. a good team. You know, lost to Upman last night, lost to York on the road a couple weeks or about a week ago. So you got to figure out a way to, if you want to win this thing, put it together and uh, and get it done. You're right there. But at the same time, I don't think that anybody's going to complain if you finish second either. Yeah, I, I, I think I think if, if Livingston can go and beat DeKalb at DeKalb and then win. You're going to beat Smith count. And then, yeah, you're going to beat Smith. And if they can, can beat either of Macon and York, one or the other, and then beat Watertown and Cannon. See, you know, and what worries me is that Watertown game stuck in the middle there. Yeah. Because your focus is making County York. And that'll be homecoming. Yeah. The Watertown game's homecoming. Yeah, that's a big distraction. So, uh, you know, the Watertown game might be a trap game. It might really be, you're thinking about homecoming, and you're thinking about York coming up on the next one, and you forget about playing Watertown. Mm-hmm. Watertown's good, well coached, and... Uh, you know, they, uh, they're going to want they're, – they're as hungry as everybody else. Who wants to be the f- number five team in this district? I mean, it's, the fifth team will not be in the region. Yeah. So, why well, put yourself in that position early? Um, but Livingston's got to have said it a bunch more than Matthew. They've had it here and there. And then the games they've lost and haven't played well, I guess, you know, Matthew hadn't – I mean, of course, up last night, Matthew didn't play great. Um, you know, there's obviously, obviously Will and Cody, but uh, – Got to be a little more than that, and that the game where they, their bench didn't score. I mean, you can't have that happen. Um, but you know, credit other teams. It's a good district. I mean, you got five teams above five hundred and basically splitting everywhere. Uh, it's death. It's like the SEC West over here. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's exciting. I think the last this this stretch we're going on right here. These last what six games, very exciting basketball, especially on the boys' side, girls' side. If you, I mean, you're probably not going to beat DeKalb, but you're going to have a chance. You're going to beat Smith unless something goes crazy. Probably not going to be making. But then you got Watertown, uh, York. You would long lose up there by ten. Yeah. So they've got to make that return trip. They're not happy up there. There's a lot of turmoil going on up there right now. You somehow squeak out a win there, and you beat Cannon. I mean, you you can. You've done really well this season. Congratulations. Yes. And so it's there for the taking. It's there for the taking. But, but you, you know, not play. not finish first in the district, but oh yeah, you, you want to be do well. Listen. A su- successful season for the Livingston Academy girls basketball now is making the region tournament. Mm. That'd be a great season, just like last year. It was a great thing. Let's get into the region and see what happens. And they had to beat York in the district tournament to get there, and they did. And um, so, you know, sit down and play. It's not over. Everybody everybody always freaks out this time of year if their team's not playing well. Everybody freaks out. In 09, I'm a senior. Everybody's freaking out because we were average at best. Look back at this record. And... Uh, God, it was not good. It ended up being twenty five and thirteen, but like we go in a tournament there, and it's like sixteen and thir- sixteen and twelve or something like that. And everybody's like, "Oh, oh, this is bad," and we just rattled off wins, rattled off wins, rattled off wins, and got the state tournament, you know, state finals. So, well, we got uh, we got one more road game this season Thank at God. DeKalb County on Tuesday. So next Friday night, if you listen to this podcast before next Friday night. Get yourself to Livingston yes. Academy High School. Yes, yes. For the game versus Smith County, especially if you are a basketball fan and you want to relive some memories. Yeah. Because that night, 
on January the 25th, Livingston Academy will recognize and celebrate the 20th anniversary of the 1999 Girls State Basketball Champions. 33-6, and six, beat Jackson County, played five times that year. Mm. I remember listening to it on the radio as a kiddo. Well, beat them 45-31. Jackson County, 34-5. and five. Livingston Academy, 33-6. and six. Mm. Jackson County's only lost Livingston County that year. State championship. Wow. You know, so that's a, that was a good basketball team. Both of them were. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of a lot of familiar names coming back. Um, good time. It's always nice to see those teams come back. Mm-hmm. I don't care how long they've been gone. And to see those people, uh, I think it's big for um, the players over there to see ladies that have played before them um, and had success. And I think it's uh, their job, the women that played there, kind of to be an ambassador of, hey, um, this is possible. This is what you got to do to get get it done and and uh, how you got to commit. So for a team that's struggling right now, maybe one of the best things ever, if I was Coach Riddle, was get as many of those 99 players together and have bring them in our practice the, the day of or shoot around, whatever. You know, this made me think, since they're doing this uh, 20th year reunion thing, you know, they've got a football Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. They don't really have a Hall of Fame for anything else. They, they need a Livingston County that, Sports Hall of they Fame. They do. I, I've I've said this before. Me and Mac have talked about this a ton. It needs to. It doesn't need to be football. Need to be. It, granted, football is great. It needs to be. An, it need to, they need to take the football title off of it, and if the football wing of it can be whatever. Great. Yeah, you but, have. Yeah, a, you yeah, have yeah, a display yeah, out there for your yeah, football team. Yeah, but they need to have some baseball players. Yeah, there's some, some softball. Bobby Buzzacaro. Bobby Buzzacaro. Buzz, 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 Buzz Ashley Howard. You coached her. She's a great pitcher. You got Crystal King is a great player. Um, there's a ton of them, and softballs. Something that I've covered here and there. Amber Maynard was a second baseman a couple of years ago, played at uh, University of Cumberland. Uh, good players all over. Basketball is, you know, you say basketball, football is your primary sports here, and they probably are. But then, like you said, baseball, you got Brian Colson, Bubby. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, there's, there are a lot of athletes that we've had here, and some of them are, are multi sport athletes. I mean, you can put Broughton Coyne in basketball and football. Mm-hmm. But put them, I'm with you. Make it a whole thing. Let's let's do that. that. That would be a great thing to bring up to somebody if they would ever listen. Because we have a thousand point boards, and that's great. But there's a lot of players over there that did more than score. Yes. You know, yes. there's um, <clears throat> Elizabeth Maxwell. It's not on this list. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. If if Elizabeth Maxwell's not on that team, right? You you got players who go play college basketball. Amelia Melton. Amelia, what was she before then? I can't remember now to save my life. And she's going to, when she says to me, if she listens to this, she'll smack the crap out of me. But she holds the, the state record in the state tournament for most assists. Mm. I mean, she's a Hall of Famer. She went to play at UAB. But, you know, same thing. Like Without Amelia Melton, that 90, that's a 96 team. Without Amelia Melton, that team doesn't do anything. Yeah, you know what? I've went on some tours of other high schools, and, and they do a really good job of having a sports Hall of Fame. I think it's and this, You know, we've got that trophy case in there, and we've got pictures of players who yeah. went to college. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that. But it needs to be more. I think we've got done a little bit better. We could do something. We we've got enough room over there somewhere. If we want to make a whole building for it, well, we may just have to start the Hog Eye Sports Hall of Fame. Let's go. Hey, I'll, I'll sit down. And write. Hey, send us if you're yeah. listening to this. Send us your. Uh, we'll your run, thoughts on let's let's run a Twitter poll. Hog Eye Sports Hall of Let, Fame, or let's not run a Twitter poll. Run a Twitter question. We'll run. We'll put it on Facebook as well, and I'll even put it on the County News Facebook thing. 
Like, who deserves, if, if there was a Livingston Academy Sports Hall of Fame, not just football, who Who would be, be your in? first inductees? Yeah, if, one, you got, one, if, you got, if you got to induct two people. One per sport. Let's do one per sport. That's fair. What do you think? Because, hey, Cat Nagro just popped my head. Soccer, yeah. You she's, soccer like, she's a Gatorade National Player of the Year. And, uh-oh. What here? So let's hope that uh, let's hope that um, that we can get that started and, yeah. and get some people behind that and That'd get be that awesome. to be a groundswell uh, of support. And we're taking credit for that if it, if it takes off. We won't, and I won't be number one and number two in, inducted. You and I, <laughs> just because we found it. But, we just name it after yeah, us. That's right. It's the Josh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or just name it the Hog Eye Sports Show Hall of Fame <laughs> section. We'll, we'll even we'll make a little, we can put it in here. We'll be the you know, social media we'll put, Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's right. We, we got this idea started. But I agree because there's so many good athletes. Emily Miller, golfer. Mm. Oh. Yeah, there's just there's so many. Oh. You just sit here and just, just think Goodness and think gracious. and think yeah. of, of people that deserve some recognition. Absolutely. Besides just your football and basketball. Yeah, because I mean, and we're not knocking those people that they put in. I mean. Oh, yeah, they deserve it. There's no doubt they deserve it. But. And I'm not, and I'm not taking any, anything away from anybody that's voted or anything. But let's do it the right way. That would be, I mean, that'd be great. And um, you know, and I've said this for years too. When we're doing that, include people like Roger and Craig. Matt. Sure, they need some some uh, kind of recognition. You know, guys that have been in the media and helping expose your program for a long time. You know, honor them. I, we don't. I'm not trying to get on a tangent by no means. But there's when Mac leaves. They told me, they said, you want to do it? And I said, uh, no, not really. Because uh, that's big shoes up there. Mac does such a good job. And yeah, Bruce takes care of Mac. I'm not going to say that. But he's very underappreciated. Mm-hmm. I mean, go read some other people's stuff. Read the Herald sometime. It's very bland. And Mac does it every week. And puts. And Roger and Craig, we, say, we call them legends. They're the best in the business. They're great at it. They're, I mean, it's like listening to them intensely broadcast. So... There are just so many people involved in athletics at, at, at Livingston Academy that deserve. We could put co- we need to put coaches in there. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. I mean, we do it in football, obviously, but you know, Leslie got to go. Eddie Leonard's got to go. Larry Looper's got to go. Darwin's got to go. Yeah, there's just so many. Richard's got to go. You, you, you have to do a class, you know, yeah, like they do yeah, in every yeah, other yeah, Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah. You got to do a class, and let's induct a class mm-hmm. the first year. And it was so just, okay, it's, so rattle off four people in your mind. Can you do it real quick for 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 overall? If you were doing a first, now this this doesn't this doesn't count anybody's in. If they're REN, then great, include them too. Anybody, your first four that would not just they, if they are in, you can include them as well. So if we're, like for example, Danny McCoy. Danny McCoy, it's first off the okay. list. There's no so doubt. okay. So there's your one. He's REN. Doesn't matter. He's your number one. So who would name three more? Because I'm sitting here trying to be puzzled now. Man, I mean you you got to have Bubby Bezzicaro in there. Mm-hmm. You got to, mm-hmm. you know, and he's not a football and basketball player, mm-hmm. but he definitely deserves it. Mm-hmm. Top of the notch, top of the heel, whatever you want to say, he definitely deserves it. <sighs> I don't know, Cat Nigro. Yeah, so I'm going Cat Nigro as my first one, and only because um, Danny always gets the first and everything. Going Cat there, I'm going to stay with the Cats and go Katrina Beachboard because of how she. You look at that. She, oh, there we go. Katrina would have been, she went 28 and 6, 25 and 10, 30, oh, 
37-2. That's wrong. I'm wrong here. Oh, backwards. She went 27-8, 28-6, 25 10, 37-2. So I'm going back-to-back right there to Cats. Uh, boys, goodness gracious, if I'm just going to go basketball real quick, because I'm trying to go on my head a little bit. Um, I might put Richard in there first. You know, but you, you got to look at some of the 96 players. Of course, I'm a class 96 yeah, guy. And they lost 10 games in four years. Yeah, I, I started to say. So you got to look at Sunday, Sunday Watson and yeah, Cranch. Yeah. But there's so many. Look, look here. You that, got, that's a segment son? we need to do next podcast. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm all right with that. So let's just say that. 10. Let's ask for some people to bring in theirs. Yeah, I agree. And we'll do yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Hey, send them in. We'll talk about them. I'll, I, we will sit we'll down do that and talk podcast. about it. That'll be a fun one right there. That'll be a lot of fun. So let's let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap up this yeah. segment. Come back and, and wrap up this show. And Seriously, send in something. Like, I want people to interact with this because I'd like to know. I know we have a lot of opinions around th- through here. And a lot of people bring up like, uh, you'll hear that, like I saw one time. Of course, yeah, and people from the 70s and 60s and stuff like that, we don't know. Cause no. We, we, I'm, we didn't I, see them play. I'm nowhere near that young or old. But I hear people, I hear Jeff Hummel's name a ton. And I know Jeff. And I didn't realize he was that good of an athlete. But I hear that all the time. I hear, you know, who would you be? And I'm like, oh, Jeff Hummel's name. Like, you, you got guys that, that played at UT. You got uh, Hillary Carr and uh, uh, David Sadler's. Uh, yeah, yeah, brother. Or uncle. Uh, brother. I think it's his brother, possibly. I don't remember. But, like but you got those yeah, yeah. two guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, John, John or, uh, Tom Wendell. Yes. I mean, he's a three sport star. Grant Swallows. Yeah, Grant Swallows. Matt Hauser. You, Hauser. you, you Matt got Hauser's so many. So many. So let's, let's save yeah, that for yeah. the next, next episode. We'll have us a mythical, hopefully to be real, Hog Eye Sports Hall of Fame. Or it's going to be real. <laughs> we're, putting up, we're giving out flags. So we're going we're gonna to wrap up this segment, which has been, I think, our longest ever segment. I enjoy it. See, I enjoy show. this stuff right here. A lot. So we're going to wrap up this segment, and we'll be back to wrap up this episode right after this. Thank you for listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show. We'll be right back after a few seconds of light jazz. Well, possum on a gum bush. It's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good chunk of your day listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show. As we said in our last segment, we want you to send us your nominees for the first Hog Eye Sports Show Hall of Fame class. So you can send us that, and you can send us any other questions, comments, rants, or even recipes that you have to hogeyesports at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the Twitterverse or on Instagram at Sports. We're on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Show. You can also, if you listen to us on the Anchor app, which is what we use to record this podcast, and that's where most of our listens come from mm-hmm. is the Anchor app. So if you can also send us a voice message via our profile on the Anchor app, and we would love to include some of y'all stuff in future episodes. Oh, yep. I forgot to mention 
earlier in the in the episode we was talking about you know anything outside of Livingston Academy sports. So uh, recently, uh, this is over in the county related. So recently, the varsity elementary school basketball tournament was held at Livingston Academy. Mm-hmm. And let, let's just shout out to the two uh, teams yeah, that won. Congratulations. Um, we'll mention Rickman Elementary School girls beat uh, Livingston Elementary School, Livingston Middle School. A team that hadn't been beat all year long, if I'm, uh, math is correct. So they won the, the girls' varsity tournament. And then a, a big shout out to my, is it an alma mater? Yeah. It's if you went there as an elementary <laughs> yeah, school? Yeah, it is. <laughs> my alma mater, Hillham Elementary School. Let's go. <laughs> who my dad went to Hillham, I went to Hillham, and my two kids now go to Hillham. So big time shout out to them for winning the varsity basketball tournament over Allen's Elementary School. Good to see Hillham. I think that might be the first time in ten or twelve years. Probably that so. Won. Probably so. Coach Casey, why? Probably. So congratulations to both both schools right there, both teams. That's uh, that's our future at Livingston Academy. So we want to see uh, we want to see those teams do well. They are all five county teams. We want to see those names in a few years coming from those schools. Uh, so yeah, congratulations. I have a shout out. I don't know if you saw this. Um, he listens to the podcast though, so I'm gonna give him one. Uh, Jackson White has his own little show now, mm. and it's nothing major, but he got an interview. He's had two good interviews. Listen to them both. He had Coach Dave Matthews from the University of Tennessee, and then this week, or I guess last week, sorry, last week had Coach Lane Kiffin. Wow. Got an interview with Lane Kiffin. That's hard to do, and uh, got to talk to him about his faith, and then a couple of Tennessee things there. Coach Kiffin was really, really good with, with Jackson and vice versa. So shout out to Jackson. If you haven't listened to that, he's on the Anchor app. I think it's called the Jackson Light Show. Hmm. Um, he listens to us every time we throw out one. So uh, I text him. I said, That's, that was really good. So, yeah, he uh, shout out to those teams. Shout out to Jackson, what he's doing there. He's also doing some FCA work, which is big. Um, I, I just want people to interact right here with this, uh, who they think needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm, I want to have a lot of fun with that. Um, I also think there was a, a slight stat correction oh, on our yeah, last yeah, yeah. on our last podcast. So one of the stats was uh, was given to us incorrectly yeah. by our special guest, but we'll have to uh, look that up and maybe bring him and the guy who uh, pointed that out to us back on the show sometime so they can discuss that. <laughs> yeah, but however, in 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 the last guest defense, he is he does have a win here. He he, he does he have does a have win. win, and here's how he's got a win. Logan Clark's episode is now the most listened to episode in Hawkeye Sports Show history. So, Wade, you better get a hold of those family members and get yours up, or you better get your butt back on here. Because if you you don't, you don't want to take that L, son. You don't want to take it. It's a good. It's a, it's 2019, and we're not taking L's anymore, guys. Let's go. Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to win. And hey, listen, we're just alternating. Bring them in both. I got, right. I got a story for Dave. Bring them in together and just break the tie. And and what we'll do is we'll have their family comment, and whoever has the most most people that's listening for that kid, or I say kid, not because they're a little younger than me, but whoever's got the most comment or the most listeners for that person wins the tie. Sounds good to me. So, guys, send us your questions, comments, yeah. send us your stuff uh, to all of our uh, social media uh, outposts. So, uh, today's Hog Eye Sports Show sponsor has been the Dead Parrot Society. And that's a group of aspiring comedians who get together and recite sketches from Monty Python's Flying Circus. That's the Dead Parrot Society. They're always pining for the fields. And if you get that reference, tip of the hat to you. So, for Josh Scott, this is Michael Johnson. 
and we will see you on the next episode.